0: Late Talk Radio Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com
1: for details. <sighs> Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, Episode 3.46. Coming to you live from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It's Tuesday night, it's 9.30, it's December the 11th, 2012. It's time for another episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. I am one of your hosts for the podcast slash streaming live show. We're streaming live right now we could be in your driveway we're here it's great shows fantastic uh it's going to be a hot one hot time it's a half holiday episode half uh there's much to talk about i'm cavelling here happy hanukkah to the speaking of cavelling to those who celebrate and and for those who light the candle happy hanukkah baruch hatai i say to you mazel tov a mazel See, if you grow up in Comac on Long Island, even if you're Italian, you go to a lot of bar mitzvahs. A lot of them. Uh, Welcome to the big show. Uh, We are streaming live, of course. You can get this on iTunes as well. Ready to unload. Coming to you now, right here. Here we go. Uh, What's up? Let's bring in the co-host. Let's bring in the other guy. We're not live live from Blue Haven like we were last week. Last week was hot action. Let's bring in uh, Mr. Co-host himself. Mr. Co-host? Mr. Manager. I think it's just manager. (laughs) Does that mean I get to be Mr. Manager, Dad? It's just manager. Mr. Brian, Calneva, Calpino. He was sick last week. He looks much better tonight. Much better. Wearing Islander blue and orange. Cal, Hey! How is you back from the TB ward? Yeah. Oh. What's up doc Holliday?
2: Oh, boy. That was rough. I missed out last week.
1: You were a flat longer last week. Somewhere yeah. somewhere Michael Bean was uh coming around your house.
2: That was rough.
1: Johnny Ringo style. He was he was looking for you. <laughs> Allison had put on the uh the ridiculous uh <laughs> old west 1820s mods, you know, like mall sure. sort of dress up. Right. She looked like Miss Kitty, you know, from the back, bringing you shots. <laughs> oh,
2: she was what, wearing what? long gloves. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, you had know, the
1: long, the long white gloves
2: on. Her Hair was up in a bun.
1: Right. She had dyed it red inexplicably.
2: Dyed it red. Right. You know, the dress was sweeping the floor. <laughs> lot of lace. Lot, lot of lace. Lot. More lace, more lace than I've ever seen.
1: A gratuitous amount of lace,
2: even for the old west. It was, it was bordering on obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, how are you feeling? First better. of all,
2: I'm feeling better. Thank you. I missed out last week. It sounded like a great time at Blue Haven.
1: You, you didn't miss out though. I mean you were able to par- you gutted it out. That was a I, gutty performance.
2: No, but selfishly, I missed out. I would like to have been there yeah. because it really the, the scene at the bar at the restaurant the bar restaurant what is it it's a bar
1: it's a it's a room
2: It's a, breast-
1: <laughs> <laughs> a restaurant bar
2: it, well it it certainly seemed like a like a hopping place.
1: You know what it is? It's a pub. It's a pub. For grown ups. That's right. right. Uh no, every people that came down ate and had a great time. Joe Caparoso from uh Turn on the Jets was there. Uh as you know, Cal. Um real nice kid. Oof. Really good kid. That kid nice. that kid's going places.
2: It's good. You like to see that out of the kids these days.
1: He was funny. He tweeted me during the week, Brian said, uh next you know, I'd love to be on again. Thanks so much for having me. And next time I'm going to make sure I don't have basketball, so I can manja,
2: right. right?
1: Because it got really Italian there well, for a minute. It did, but in a good way.
2: Well, a lot more than a minute.
1: Yeah, cream on, cream on, cream. <laughs> um, so uh, it's good to have you back. We we definitely missed you. I think we're going to try for another one at the end of January,
2: Bry. You let me know.
1: Well, we got Jay. We have to book Jay now.
2: Oh really? He's he's. Well, he played, we have to He plays in the band. Someone? Right. He plays yes, in, I know, but...
1: he plays with his uh, uh he's in a, a folk group called the Yayas. That's we're being completely serious. Go to, yeah. go to seriously, go to we dot com. Uh they play uh, all over the place. They're a part of Cal, they're a part of the folk scene.
2: Oh, uh, there's a scene.
1: Oh, it's it's a scene, man. Wow. It's interesting too, because they're not quite they're they're more hippies, less I don't know, it's a weird scene.
2: In relation to the movie In Mighty Wind Where do they fall in?
1: They You know He obviously loves that movie He's a huge guest fan though To begin with
2: oh, Of course
1: So like We'll we'll quote You know He was an actor As well So we'll quote all those movies Easily And of course Spinal Tap We quote all day nonstop. Right, right. <laughs> You know <laughs> well, um, But Right There it is Jazz Odyssey Hello Hello Janine David Smell the is here um, But he He's They're in there That's a world The whole folk We'll have to have him on Seriously Have him on And have him talk about The folk world
2: I would love to That It sounds interesting it,
1: It's They go to all the conferences Like NERFA And SURFA The Southeast Folk Regional Alliance The Northeast Folk Regional I'm like You got a little NERFA You working there Or you working the SURFA this week <laughs> Then there's the Southwest Regional The SWERFA well, of course. But they they've they they've actually played some big festivals, they're getting ready to work on a new album. It's him, uh he and his wife and another guy. And oh, uh, oh, and they're no. really they're No re- <laughs> no on the albums. On the albums.
2: Oh, oh, okay, okay.
1: They're really, really good.
2: <laughs> Tell me more about the folk scenes.
1: <laughs> yeah, the folk scene's out of hand. Ooh.
2: Um
1: but we have to make sure Jay is available.
2: Well we'll book him. We'll talk to his people. Yeah. We'll we'll get him.
1: Because he killed the sound. I mean in it killed I mean killed in the comedic way. In a good way. Yeah. As a comedian walks off stage, he killed. He absolutely killed the sound. And it was just it was an amazing difference. Like P J we're gonna bring in uh, the bishop here in a minute. P J sent him an email saying, Killed it.
2: That's high praise.
1: That's all he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from, coming from PJ, that's... He did not give a rat's ass about us. He no,
2: or sure. the sports or anything.
1: Right, he wanted to make sure... Well, he did have a burger nice. Oh, yeah? Again, he had the avocado burger.
2: He had that last time,
1: too. He, he's a fan now. Well... But you know who had a great time? We're going to try to call him later. Who's that? Dan, our buddy Nello.
2: Oh, Nello, yeah.
1: We're going to try to call him later about the Yankees.
2: Big news today, huh?
1: Big huge news. We're gonna we're
2: gonna get to that we,
1: in the in the big unload, Brian. I think we talk about the Mets and the Yankees, the Ra Dickey angry elf situation at the Mets charity event this year, uh, today, um, and then you have the Yankees signing Kevin Uchilus. Kevin Uchilus is a Yankee.
2: Yeah, but she, no, I know. It, we'll, we'll get to it. Okay,
1: save it, Fink.
2: I'll save it. I guess. Uh,
1: and then of course we have to talk about the Jets bringing. I hope somebody was smart enough to download the song Coming Home. I hope somebody was smart enough to download that for me.
2: I don't, I think you're giving us way too much credit. <laughs> way too much preparation for the show? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Never heard of it.
1: What's, uh? hey, but before we get into all the sports, uh, what's going on over there in the Calvi household? Are the girls bouncing off the walls uh, for Santa Claus?
2: Yeah, oh, literally. Literally. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So, like, <laughs>
1: Emma, like, takes herself and takes a running leap at a wall.
2: They just run into walls. Just, you know, they <laughs> sprint into walls. They bounce. They get back up. They sprint into the... They're just... They're beside themselves. They can't wait two weeks. The countdown is crazy. They're, they they wish there wasn't a countdown because it makes it worse. <laughs> like the advent calendar that they... Yeah, put, the ad- of course. That makes it worse.
1: Wesley got an advent calendar and... Uh... My my uh, my dad's uh, lady friend brought over an advent calendar for him because he you know he has to have one, and like we're looking at it like wow can we just get to the chocolate like we're not we're, for those of you who don't know what an advent calendar is, but well, you know the bishop knows what an advent calendar is. Let's bring him in. But uh, wait, I have theme music for him. I have special theme music this week.
2: We always have theme music for him,
1: right? But it's special. It's this. Oh. It's this. You know, it's easy no, to bring on the bishop
0: no, when you're sitting free. there
1: at your house and you're comfortable and you've got everything you've got. Uh, and there's kids in Africa fly. don't have a thing. Am I bugging you?
0: It's Who's boy,
1: George? George. we
0: a little off. Oh yeah. oh my oh my
2: Timing is just not. It's it, it,
0: easy to great. <laughs> Somehow, Simon LeBond, everybody.
1: Simon LeBond. That's Christmas time. How could you. I first of all, CJ stopped singing. Second of all. Second of all, Simon LeBond makes everybody feel so bad. I How about He him? does. Like immediately. It's. 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 How much better this song is than we are. Oh, You no doubt. Wait, 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 here comes the line, though. We'll send line. Anytime I... When I say it well, this in the store, it means it's Christmas. Welcome, Bishop. Welcome to the show.
2: I got tears in my eyes. <laughs> I think I think we officially have to pay every single one of those artists. (laughs) Every one of them.
1: (laughs) Well, Paul Young's dead, isn't he?
0: He's that song. Dead. That song means a lot
1: to me. That song means a lot to me too. I remember playing that. My cousin Marianne. Never forget this. Christmas Eve was at my grandparents on one side, and then you had Christmas Day with the other side of the family. Lovely divorce is awesome. Um, but it wasn't bad. Like, so I saw my cousins on Christmas Eve and she had a little 45 record player and she had bought the 40, we had bought the 45 and brought it with us, Scott and I, my brother and I, and Marianne had it as well. And we played it over and over again on the little record player in the living room in Brooklyn. We got yelled at by the adults, enough with that song, enough, stop it. And, and the, the conscientious 12 year olds we were, we yelled back, you just don't want to hear it, but it's going on in the wow. world. Listen wow. to Phil Collins. He knows.
2: He didn't sing, though. No, he just played drums. You just listened to his drums. That's
1: right. In this song.
2: Yeah, but you know, he was really
0: cool in the video, though, you remember. It's very
1: cool. Boy George knows what he's talking about. He knows Phil about hunger. Not
2: putting on airs.
1: There's a, yeah. couple, of, there's a couple of great. British. You thing.
2: could you could learn something from Standout Ballet.
1: <laughs> I think we all could Can't learn we all. a
0: little, <laughs> that was Hi, Pete.
1: Hi, uh, welcome to the uh, the show. There.
0: Did you know that I I think I might have told you this last year. Maybe I didn't. Did you know that I I, I lifted this record out of a collector's shop with an unwitting uh, cashier?
1: Yes, I you bought told a first press last year. But yeah, this okay. is a
2: holiday tradition to tell the story. Well, if over only, and over again if every only, year. Oh, but only if,
1: it, if only it was a really well-produced retrospective show. We would just play the clip. Like it would be, it would be like the clip show.
2: I but I feel like yet. I feel and like this, this is the part of the show where PJ sits down with the Santa hat and all of the kids gather around and he tells right. the story. <laughs> about, you know, it's the Christmas story about how he lifted this record.
1: Well in the <laughs> fun load it, right. In the fun load later we're gonna talk about Christmas specials and, and all this stuff. And if we were a sitcom, this would be where PJ uh, we either go back to that clip and it's played while we're all sitting around in the power ball for some reason. Right. But the power went out. I don't so
2: know
1: let's,
2: why.
1: Let's make sure we owe rank and bass as well at, at the end of the show. We're already paying every living member of Band Aid.
0: It's the RTU Christmas special. Starring San Pedin Calvi, The Bishop, Lawrence Henderson, Alice Cooper,
2: Jack Black. What is this? A Thanksgiving parade float?
1: That's exactly That's it? We ran out of money at Jack Black?
2: (laughs) That's
0: sleigh ride. That's it. I was hoping you guys would jump in. We could do it later.
1: Right, because <laughs> cause we could keep going there, and all I know is Nipsey Russell's coming. Right. <laughs> I got the voicemail. He will be there.
2: Is
1: he uh, people, Marilyn uh,
2: McCoo? With... He is bringing Marilyn too Nobody's bringing time. She's with Paul Young, I think, somewhere.
1: <laughs> uh, Page, but uh, the the other. <laughs> The other thing that has to happen at some point, if this is in fact our Christmas episode, is that uh, somebody has to fall asleep. Hopefully, not who's listening. But somebody has to fall asleep and have a dream about uh, and be Scrooge at some point.
0: Yes. Right. Isn't that always the best?
1: Right. Someone I, doesn't um, believe. Someone doesn't, that's it. Someone doesn't believe in baseball. If it's RTU.
2: Sabermetrics.
1: Sabermetrics,
2: that's, that's it. it.
1: <laughs> Cal's going to fall asleep and uh, he's going to be visited by the ghost of Bill James. <laughs> and then, Santa, right. And then Keith law is like the ghost of Christmas present. And then <laughs> Mike, Mike Trout's grandson is the ghost of Christmas future. And that's I the whole we, premise.
0: We can get that made.
1: Uh, the whole premise is that Mike Trout's uh, grandson is upset that his fa- his grandfather will never be remembered as he properly should. Because somehow, I, somehow, Cal, you wind up in control of the Baseball Hall of Fame.
2: But you're the one that kind of walks me through it. Right. <laughs> uh, you take me into, no, you I'm, know... I'm Marley. I come you're, visit well, you yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, right, you're Marley.
1: I come visit you first and tell you when you're in charge of the Baseball Hall of Fame, you're in charge of great power. And you're keeping Mike Trout out. Will Mike Trout ever get in? That depends on you, Brian. <laughs>
2: When I fall asleep <laughs> am I mumbling like RBIs, home runs, RBIs, home runs
1: <laughs> War.
0: And then I wake up War. Whip
1: Bob <laughs> yeah, uh, That that'll get made.
2: Hey, uh, P- hey PJ, are you a big Christmas guy? Um with a little. It
0: usually takes uh, external stimuli to get me going, and then I go so full bore on it that people end up asking me to stop.
1: Okay, define external stimuli.
0: Yeah, give an Thanksgiving example. rolls around, Black Friday rolls around, and I'm like, yeah, what, hmm. You know, <laughs> and they nudge me, can't you get the stuff down from the attic? Yeah, I'll get the stuff down from the attic. You decorate, I reluctantly and begrudgingly decorate, and it's kind of there, and then all of a sudden, like something will happen. I'll be like, "Hey, it's Christmas season. I have to go buy uh sixty to seventy toys, you know <laughs> <laughs> and then i'll I'll just be completely out of hand
1: that so so the stimulus is something clicks it's it, you could almost say it's a Christmas miracle.
0: I would never say that. The first
2: time you but, hear Band Aid of the, I, of the I, season. I told you that.
1: That's the Bill Simmons. Yeah. What Bill Simmons says, and always says, it's wow. It's the most wonderful time. This is going to be the most costly episode the in the history
2: of RTU. That, that song. All right. That song. haven't it all up, so don't worry about it. Oh, good. That, that song forever reminds me of the uh, the SNL skit with Will Ferrell Turning around on the platform The Wait, I
1: don't know if I know it
2: You know another one? He's, it's like, I forget what the name of the family is But it's the family holiday special and, he's, and the family's behind him singing And he's in a Christmas sweater And he's on a platform that's just turning <laughs> And he keeps turning with it And by the end of, you know, he gets sick, obviously But he's There's, trying to sing the song as he's turning
1: There's got to be a uh, that that could be the fun load too. Maybe we'll do that next week. We'll do a two part Christmas episode because that'd be a great fun load too. Best Saturday Night Live Christmas sketches.
2: Well, there was an entire
0: Christmas episode with a cliffhanger, (laughs) and then we'll resolve it in the first ten minutes of the next one. Was
1: there? What uh, was there? uh, What was the the Saturday Night Live Christmas episode?
2: It was just on. It was. It was. It was a retrospective of all of the different right. holiday uh, clips, like they did It's a Wonderful Life, but it was... Um, oh, that's a tremendous sketch. The Hanukkah
1: one? Oh, I'm thinking of the one where they they beat the crap out of the old man. Lovitz plays the old man. and a <laughs> yeah. different one. Of course, Carvey's playing uh, Jimmy Stewart brilliantly. Right.
2: Yeah, he's he's nothing but a
1: fraud,
2: because <laughs> he's, he's not even... Why well, you're not even a cripple. <laughs> they start kicking Dad the boys, out of the they all beat
0: the crap out of them
2: <laughs> This one was a Hanukkah one And it was called So you call this a wonderful life? Oh, <laughs> and it was all about Hanukkah
1: I'm thinking of the Goulet one The Holiday God, yeah. The Holiday Goulet album And stuff like that Goulet <laughs> There was Speaking of Christmas specials I know we're going to do sports But I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up now, but do you remember the Joe Piscopo? Uh, I think it was Joe Piscopo, maybe an Eddie Murphy, but like the Joe Piscopo Christmas special.
2: He had his own special?
1: There was a sketch about when you've turned in your, into your dad. It was just a great, it was like a commercial, like, and it was Danny DeVito was on it. So you got to Wikipedia this. Maybe I made this up. <laughs> <laughs> No no no, it's not it sounds plausible. And it's uh and there's a great line like how you know you're turning into your dad and Danny DeVito like you see uh Piscopo in like a sweater, like wearing like a dad sweater and he's <laughs> like, Hey guys, I got the Bob Goulet Christmas album And DeVito just turns to the cameras like slowly, like he's like narrating the commercial and he turns to the camera slowly and he goes, Listening to Bob Goulet <laughs> I have never seen it again. I don't know if it was a Christmas special or a comedy special. It might have just been a comedy special. And I, I don't know anything. Yeah, I've never heard maybe, of that. Maybe
0: it was that. Was it that Joe Piscopo home video that he made with like?
1: No, this. Is, I, I mean, this is when he is hot. This is when he's before he, you know, beefed up and ruined his career.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he had a one-hour videotape that Eddie Murphy figured heavily in and it, I think it came out maybe the year he
1: left SNL the year
0: that yeah the well the year that Murphy left SNL
1: I mean this has to be I'm thinking this is like 85 86 mm. that's when he was good and it, there was just this great sketch like Danny DeVito is giving you that's the vintage the, biscuit right <laughs> he's giving you all the signs to look for if you are turning into your father and this <laughs> hey guys I got the new Bob Goulet out hey Hey kids, let's listen to the new Bob Goulet album. And he does the slow turn to the camera. <laughs> Listening to Bob Goulet. <laughs> this is so good. It's almost like password. Okay, the other thing we're gonna have to talk about later. We're gonna talk about sports now, because it's time. Okay. But well, wait, thing- Wait, what? Go.
0: I got I got I got one thing I wanted to tell you about. It might it might become an RTU Christmas tradition. Nice. <laughs> uh you remember? You remember? I talked about uh, people always ask me to, to pick their presents for them.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. You have. A I got a call. I, I liken that to uh, what's that taken on the episode on the episode a, recap? A
2: very specific set of skills. You have a
1: very specific set of skill. Yeah.
2: Holiday skills.
0: <laughs> Good luck. I got a call today from a limousine full of drunk middle-aged women. Again? And yes. And they were all talking to me through through a speakerphone. And it. it, it they were kind of acting like sorority sisters, like, hi, PJ. They're all saying that at the same time.
1: It Sounds like the most annoying call ever.
0: Yes, it was. And they were, like, like being all flirty and stuff, like, how you doing? And we know you're so smart. So, like, we had a question for you. Like, when that kind of thing. Him? Maybe. <laughs> Were they calling from they, they, they were bombed, and I, and I'm telling you this because I only knew one person in the limousine. There were six other women there that I didn't know. So that
2: person clearly was the one with your number.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're just calling me in the middle of the day. They're drunk. I'm up. I'm doing stuff, and they wanted me to help them pick a banjo over the phone. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm dying. That's I want to get my husband a banjo, and but he doesn't play.
1: Right. First of so all, just, this sounds know, like a, this sounds like a swell idea.
0: <laughs> so this is still happening, and uh, oh, and they called me back fifteen minutes later after we settled the banjo. One of the other women, I guess, got the nerve up to call me back, and I had to pick uh, a drum set for her son. Who doesn't play?
1: Who no, play. Not oh, he a does play.
0: play. Oh, okay. he's, oh, okay. Yeah, he's a, he's an abandoned college.
1: I have a very special set of skills.
0: <laughs> Apparently, I do.
1: Oh my goodness! Did you find a, a magnificent banjo for this person?
0: I found the right banjo. I found what the do right you know drunk banjo. And, <laughs> what don't I know about banjos? That's
2: a good point. That's a good and point. I'm, getting, and I'm
0: getting a call back on this lady's husband's birthday because she wants to get him uh, 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 a car stereo.
1: Tell her it doesn't extend to birthdays. You only do Christmas.
0: Well, you see, yeah. You see the problem door that I'm getting into now?
1: That's it. They're moving you. are going to spread
0: they're yourself. They're trying Wait, to book me for the wrong gig.
1: <laughs> they're trying
0: to book me for the wrong gig. I don't like it.
1: You only play the big rooms, pal. You only play Christmas. <laughs> All right. You do You do you don't do uh you know the back of a uh, Chinese buffet in uh, Des Moines. You don't do that. Well no, it's just it's the season.
0: I only play for the season and then I you know, then I go into the hibernation or something.
1: Well then you build up your knowledge, your knowledge base for the for the challenging new new year.
2: <laughs> You're right, I'm <laughs> doing so, something. If someone were to ask you for a recommendation on a graduation gift, I wouldn't I know you wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't do that's that.
2: That that's out of my league.
1: That's out of his skill set.
2: But that's the yeah. thing; they may they may think you hit such a home run on Christmas. I'm going back in June for a graduation gift.
0: I'd be disappointed. Hey, you're gonna to have to turn
2: them down. <laughs> Maybe
0: I could turn this into like a successful blog or podcast myself.
2: I don't think
1: so.
0: Give well, myself a name have the forum. like the Gift Picker or something. Oh, that's a terrible name. Wow. I a I would, name. I would
1: <laughs> Next on, on AMC, the Gift
0: Picker. <laughs> The gift picker. We we got to put that back. We followed the by, the list. followed <laughs> by the mentalist.
1: Followed by the gift We picker. have another we have another CBS sit, uh, CBS hour long drama. budding here, the gift picker. Right.
2: It's just a holiday one though. It it only comes on in December.
1: <laughs> it runs for four weeks. Right. The gift picker. Next on CBS. Followed by the <laughs> mentalist. <laughs> and it the drama. It's the
0: first one hour drama on QVC.
1: <laughs> we
0: could break the mold over there.
1: There's you taking off the glasses slowly.
0: <laughs> Putting down yeah! the donut.
2: Right. We got,
1: you know, playing a uh, like a a Sweet Zeppelin song as your uh, theme song. Like the like I see like the immigrant song. Sure. It's like <laughs> <the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da>. ah!
2: <laughs> the you're, sa- you're saying you want a banjo for your husband. But he doesn't play.
0: <laughs>
1: Tomorrow night on The Gift Picker.
0: This could work.
1: I
2: need a You're drum set for my telling me your stuff?
0: husband wants more bass.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he
2: starts playing the bass. Right. <laughs> Tuesday night on The
1: Gift Picker. Is it something like this? Tuesdays on... CBS.
0: Oh, this is great. I need a sidekick.
1: You're, you're <laughs> going to need a sidekick.
0: I need a sidekick. I need like a personal shopper or someone who runs out and get gets these things or something. Right. Like, an, or like like a,
2: a nebbish a, little guy <laughs> running around. <laughs> He's like a, smart. Small,
0: a small sexy research assistant.
1: Well, No, no. That's two different people now. We're going to definitely have the small sexy research assistant, but we He's also... He's back need in like,
2: the lab, though.
1: Right. We also need like the David Pamer sort of... You know, the the nebishy. you're going to get yourself in trouble picking out that banjo.
2: <laughs> like Peter McNichol.
1: Like Peter Peter McNichol we could get maybe. He's <laughs> not doing enough. You the can... guys from
0: Amazon.com are always out to get me. <laughs> because they have their recommendation lists and I always go against it.
1: See, I think you need a banjo. And I think you want to ask me about it. We're <laughs> going I to have Caruso he... do that? I think that's It's definitely gotta be <laughs> I think you run out of gift ideas for your husband, and I think you're thinking about a banjo. A <laughs> he not But right he doesn't it.
0: play. Doesn't matter if he doesn't play.
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter if he doesn't. Wait, you just went Dark Knight there. You just went Gotham's only Dark Knight. <laughs> so you're saying he needs a banjo. Uh, okay, let's talk about sports. Enough with this. Uh, non- okay, we
2: got to work on though. I'll tie this something non- up. Tom
1: on this Tom Foolery. This Tom Fool or non. I think we're
2: uh, be really something, PJ. I think we
1: definitely are on to something. Thank as long, you. As long as it's followed by The Mentalist, we cannot lose. <laughs> I
2: love that and show. The, and then an all new, The Consolidator. <laughs> <laughs> Remember The Consolidator? That was good.
1: Followed by The Dramatist. Play, <laughs> plays need to be rewritten one man can do it
2: <laughs> the the dramaturg the dramaturg ist cbs is not going to air news anymore it's just going to be hour long shows one right after another right.
1: you know all the ist what? Right. the ist ist <laughs> okay let's do a little uh let's do a little promo style
0: hey
1: Cal. Before we get to the big unload at 10 p.m., 10 p.m. Half hour. Feels like we, we missed each other last week,
2: though. Well, you know, we just started. Exactly. It's, we got a long way to go. Settle in, folks.
1: It's going to be a bumpy one.
2: I hope, hope you got a comfy chair. What? Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> we're about to do the fun load, but we, should, we, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that this episode, uh, episode 3.36. It is. Is brought to you by Blue Haven Sports Bar. Sports pub. A pub, Cal. Uh, in New York City. Bluehavennyc.com. It is a great place to watch all the games. We were there last week live. And uh, we had a great time. They took great care of us again. Thank you very much. We're we'll going to be back there in January. Uh, they proudly now sponsor the show. Some, some bars, like sports bars, are sponsoring uh, softball teams, Cal. They sponsor a podcast, a sports podcast. They're in it! It's unique! They're in it. They're in the game, pal. You know what I mean? They're in the game. We could turn this into a mammoth. Well... (laughs) Okay? I'm trying to tell you that they're in the game. What I'm trying to tell you, what I'm telling you, I'm talking to you about this promo now that we're talking about here, you and I. Okay? They're in the game. They're doing... It's not... You don't understand, because they're doing their thing, okay? That's their thing. Their thing is being a great sports bar. That's their thing, okay? And what have you? There's always got to be a what have you? Yeah, right.
2: Right. That's the non sequitur.
1: Right. Uh, definitely uh, for the holidays, the place is decked out. Cal for the holidays. You want to go watch the Jets on Monday night? You want to go watch the Giants this weekend? Huge game against the Falcons.
2: How about the 16 and five New York Knicks?
1: 16 and five New York Knickerbocker. Spoiler alert. Um, they played the Nets tonight. They play the Nets next week. Again, Cal, you could go there, watch the game. Blue Haven,
2: watch the game. They have
1: 16, 17 TVs. They have all top. great beers on tap. Great food. Please go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. And they proudly sponsor this show. And, of course, this music is a song called After the Night is Through. From Mark Finney's feature film, Fast. It's almost done, Cal.
0: It's
1: almost done. All right, good stuff. I'm not going to play the uh, the big unload music. We're going to go right into it. Oh, you want the big unload
2: music? Well, I feel like that's that kicks it off.
1: It does. It that's, does kick no, it off.
2: Otherwise, we don't know. You're that's fair. Be- that's fair. That's fair. I'm a traditionalist. The traditionalist. The traditionalist. Oh God, EBS. How does it happen? They're number one for a reason. That's Steve. the
1: most watched Netflix,
2: Brian. You ever watch the network? I,
1: I can't watch a sitcom on that. No, I can't.
2: Well, not the sitcom, but the, the, the procedurals, if you will, the yeah, dramas. Pers-
1: the person of interest.
2: They're very good.
1: The good wife. Is the good wife
2: on there? The good wife is on there. they all, all of the CSIs.
1: <laughs> all of the
2: CSIs. Anyone you want to bring in. Right. They're very good. Numbers. I can't keep it. Numbers. Is that Alfred Molina? That's the David Crumbles and Rob. Riggle. Morrow. Oh, Rob, Rob. Morrow. That's right. Wriggle.
1: <laughs> Rob Morrow. From another show that I never really got and PJ will yell at me about with an exposure. Wow oh. Never got.
2: I'll big get- unload.
1: That's big unloaded. Wow.
2: Let's talk sports.
1: You know why? Yeah.
2: We purport to be a sports talk show.
1: <laughs> you went very Tommy Boy there. You <laughs> went very Chris Farley. Yes,
2: I did. I took a deep purport, when I said
1: that. Okay. <laughs> R. A. Dicky, Rye. Can we, yeah. we just can we just get out? Lol Mets. Can we just do that?
2: Only the Mets.
1: No. Let's let's uh, seriously let's break this down. I've been wanting to talk to you about oh, this today. I'm,
2: I'm dead serious about this all
1: day. So let's set the scene. Okay, the Mets leave the winter meetings, um, having not made any trades, um, not done anything really splashy, except spend $138 million to lock up their franchise player for the rest of his career in David Wright. Okay, so that's, so basically Sandy Alderson left the winter meetings with David Wright locked up. Well, that's good. It's, it's not just good, it's magnificent.
2: It's the best case scenario.
1: It's great for two reasons. One, Bri- I don't know if we, we really didn't get into right signing.
2: No, we did not.
1: And you were convinced it was going to happen the whole time. I was skeptical. I, re- I always remain skeptical of this ownership group. I don't remain skeptical of, or, or I don't remain. I'm not skeptical of Sandy Alderson, Brian, but I always remain skeptical of this ownership group. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. And with my bad knee, I shouldn't throw anybody. Thank you. Much like, much like Ed Rooney. I should not throw anybody. No, but seriously, I don't. I don't trust the ownership group. But they, the the biggest takeaway as a Met fan, for me, was David Wright on all the shows and all the interviews with Mike Francesa on Boomer and Carton, et cetera, et cetera, talking about what the Mets did to make him believe that he should sign here for the next eight years. And look, he was going to get paid no matter where he went. Okay, so that the issue for David Wright, like when you listen to David Wright say, "I sat down with Sandy Alderson and talked about every minor league player,"
2: you know, it's weird. I don't know if has that ever happened. Well, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if it happens more than than we know. It's certain. See, the Mets have never made this signing. The last time they made a signing like this was was Sant- you know, and Santana which was, what, six years, five years ago, six five years, ago. years ago. And they
1: didn't have to then.
2: And they didn't have to then. Um, and back when Piazza signed his long contract, it was a different time.
1: Twitter didn't exist. The, right. the media didn't exist.
2: Players and weren't looking at things like that. So I don't know if this is something that happens routinely now. Like I don't know if Zach Granke sat down with the I, Dodgers.
1: I don't think
2: so. I
1: don't know. But he doesn't have to, Brian, in that scenario. He doesn't have to with the Dodgers. It's clear that they're spending money like drunken sailors on leave. You know, they're out of their mind spending money. You know, they're, they're, so it's clear to Zach Greinke that they're trying to spend and win. I think the situation with the Mets is so unique coming off the Madoff situation, the fact that the owners are basically been running the team on austerity, and he's been here through it. that... It was a unique situation where they had to pitch him. To stay. To stay. And also, credit
2: to David Wright for. It's staying. like he, yeah, it's like like he, he did, like did his due diligence. Exactly. Exactly. It's not like I just, you know, he didn't
1: rely on Scott Boris to do it.
2: Right. He did it
1: himself. He sat down with Sandy Alderson by himself and said, they played around the golf. They had. I love when Wright says this, by the way. He said this in every interview. That a late lunch, early dinner. Like, why, David, why is that so important? You keep telling us that.
2: He was, <laughs> he was very specific when he was talking about the details of the negotiations. Yeah,
1: like going out for a beer with Jeff Wilpon. Like they right. went to a big fancy – they wanted to go to like a fancy dinner when they were down in Miami the last series of the year. It was just him and Jeff Wilpon. They were going out to eat. No representation there. Right. And all the fancy places were closed, and they found like a beer and burger joint. And they sat down and talked it out. So, credit—you
2: know—give give, give the Mets credit for once. Give the Mets. Well, <laughs> you know, we kill them, and rightfully so. They deserve they deserve the criticism most of the time. But then there is also, you know, there's also the whole piling on aspect of it, which everybody loves to do, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But give the Mets credit for doing the right thing here and 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 recognizing. How important it was to lock this guy up. Yes. And also getting him, you know, you,
1: you want to say David Wright should get credit for taking a deal that doesn't make him a financial burden at the beginning of the contract when the Mets are still coming out of a terrible financial situation. And at the end of the contract, when, as he said, I don't want to be a burden my last few years. Like I don't want to be and, – And
2: He's still going to make $15 million. Well, Brian, that's what I was
1: going to say. Like give him credit to a point. Right and then say yeah but he's still making 50 million dollars and 138 million for the contract but the the front end stuff wasn't as important to me as the back end stuff and I'll tell you why lessening his his uh hit as you as it were for the last 3 years let's say he's 35 or he's going to be 36 37 and 38 right in the last 3 years of that deal And who knows what the economics are or whatever. But he may be a player that's tailing off and sort of hanging on. And maybe, you know, by that time, hopefully, like, Zach Wheeler's an all-star. And, and, you know, Harvey's an all-star or whatever. Like, they have a really good team. And he's not a financial burden. He gets to stick around. Right. And maybe he gets that championship when he's 37. Hopefully it's the second one. But maybe he gets, like, a a, you know, a, a championship at 38 that he didn't think he would get because he's not a financial liability at that, at that state. Like well, I think the, that's a really interesting approach.
2: Well, the, but, but the flip side of that is that being a financial burden almost makes him more likely to stick around like a Santana and like Jason Bay last year because you can't get rid of a guy that's making $20 million a year. Like, look at A-Rod.
1: No, but I mean, it's not like he's going to be making four million dollars a year in those no, years. No, no,
2: no. But my my point is, he will have a palatable contract at that point where it's easier to either shop him or buy him out because it's not that, as much money.
1: Absolutely, this is all requisite on him being a remotely productive player. Right. I'm saying if he's if he's a 275, you know, 15, 20 home run guy, and he's playing good defense, and maybe they've moved him over to first base by that point. Who knows? Like I, I just think it maybe means he can hang around a bit longer with what might be a real good ball club. A good point. But anyway, yes, credit to the Mets and credit to David Wright. Now, the reason, Bri, that's the biggest takeaway for me is because in Metland, there's been this hue and cry for weeks on end. First of all, it's December 11th, by the way. December 11th. The season is over four months away. Okay, so they're not required to put the team out there tomorrow.
2: Oh, but they are.
1: Right. But taking that uh, taking that aside. Okay. Clearly, they laid out some sort of plan for David Wright that he liked. Right. So, the hue and cry has been What's Sandy Alderson's plan? He has no plan. Where's the plan? Well, first of all, why does he have to spell it out for you? I kind of like that my general manager doesn't come out and tell me what he's gonna do. I shouldn't know those things. And whatever his plan is, Bri must have been good enough for David Wright. He must have been convinced of two things, Bri. He must have convinced that must have been convinced that the Will are going to be able to hold on to the team. Right? Like Jeff Wilpon had to convince him that either they're going to be able to hold on to the team or they're going to sell it in two years. But there had to be some sort of uh, assurance. Like, I would not be surprised if David Wright was shown the financials for the team.
2: I I believe he might have been.
1: Right. So that's one thing that you take – no, I don't like that fact because I want the Wilpons to sell and always will.
2: Yeah, it's and, pretty it's pretty clear they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere.
1: He Jeff said it. As if to as if to troll us all, yeah. when they, during the David Wright press conference. Yeah, just like I said, we're not going anywhere. I mean, you don't have to be a jerk about
2: it. I don't think he knows any other way.
1: No, he's a jerk. But just a, a, yeah, I, and I, I don't mean that like he's maybe maybe he's a great family man. Maybe he's I don't know all those things. I don't know him as a person.
2: But the perception of Jeff Wilpon is that he's just a smug.
1: Yeah, he entitled, comes off as just a jerk. A jerk. Like if you saw, like if you met him in a bar one night and you were, you know, BSing with him or something in a restaurant, or you like get that couples night, and like, oh, the wool Ponds are going to be there, yeah, Jeff and whatever his wife's name, and and you wound up talking to him a little bit, you'd be like, you know, that he's not probably not a bad person, I guess, he's just a jerk, right,
2: he's just and a he's, jerk, and he probably means well, but he can't get his, get out of his own way, he can't get out of
1: his own way, right, so, and then the other thing. To, to take away is clearly Sandy Alderson has some plan that's palatable to David Wright. So, you know enough.
2: Let's. I want to. I want to talk about Ra Dickey. Well,
1: yeah. now now we can. But do yeah, you agree I'll, with me though? No, no. I'm saying. Do you agree with me about Wright though? Like, are, is that not the takeaway?
2: I as 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 a Met fan, I agree with you that the fact that David Wright committed to the next eight years of his career here with the Mets, and he's not a stupid guy, and by all accounts, he did as much due diligence as I've ever seen a free agent do. The fact that he committed his next eight years here should give Mets fans a little bit of a comfort level that maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they do have a plan. I agree with you, yes. I I
1: I think this should have been a much bigger deal. Like I think this should have been taught because of the because of the unique circumstances of the negotiation and the fact that the Mets have been on austerity and have been uh, have the Madoff scandal are said to you know the public perception of the Mets is they're broke and they were and they probably still remain so, and will remain so until they get that fifty four million in TV money and and they have this come off the books and that come off the books, that it. It was necessary for David Wright to be pitched on the future of this team, and we heard about it. You never hear about it in other situations. Right. Maybe it goes on. We don't hear about it. You know, you hear about it like in hockey. You know, like we've heard about it a ton with the Islanders. But this was unique. And he's been on every – David Wright's been on every show, you know, that you can think of talking about it. Right. So – I think that should be a much bigger deal to the Mets fan to say yeah he's getting 138 million dollars but guess what he would have got that money anywhere in fact you could argue he probably would have gotten more he probably would have gotten in the 150-160 million dollar range if he hit the open market next year Bryce.
2: if depending on the year that he had yeah. yeah
1: if he had this year if he had the year he had this year yeah he would have made more exactly so he, but,
2: had, but,
1: he had to be sold on something
2: But look, it it all, you know, it comes back to the fact that it's 2012 and inherently everybody focuses on the negative. Yeah. And the David Wright thing was a positive story for about a day (laughs) and and very quickly it was pushed aside for this new story with R.A. Dickey and the developing acrimony in the negotiations between Dickey and the Mets. All right, Re- real, it. <laughs> real, or manufactured, right? Yep. Wow.
1: Where did we get that?
2: Oh my! That's some good production right there. I think I'd love but that But it song. goes
0: on for like 10 minutes, which is the best part of it. Is
2: it a one-word song?
0: No, no, no. It's got all kinds of lyrics, but he just keeps saying knuckleball. <laughs> Who do we got to pay for this one?
1: Let it fly. Oh, that's great. Right, you, you might want to stop playing that, though. we're going to get in trouble. Oh. All right. That's fantastic, that song. <laughs>
2: We're sending the Negro grandkids to college now, by the way. we just, Knuckleball. We just, we just sent Hoyt Wilhelm's
1: grandson 50K. <laughs>
2: Knuckleball. Maybe we could make up the difference in the Dickie negotiations. That's just right. keep playing the song.
1: Knuckleball. I'm going to so be singing that, have... that for the next three weeks. Oh, exactly. that is...
0: <laughs> <laughs> keep that vibe.
1: So much passion for the knuckleball Boy Sounds like that song takes as long to come to a conclusion As it does for a knuckleball to reach the plate That's It sounds like that could go on for a while And flutter all over the place Knuckleball
2: That song obviously used in a knuckleball montage Has to be, right? It's fluttering the ball, you know slow motion wind up in delivery the ball's fluttering knuckleball. in a ken yeah.
0: burns documentary of
2: knuckleballer <laughs> <That's> right <laughs> is right. there is there any way that that that's uh <laughs> some 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 poor hapless batter is just swinging completely wildly yeah exactly not even close
1: in slow motion knocko everything in slow motion not like that old, old funny
0: cartoon. One, two, three strikes are out. One, two, three strikes are out.
1: Who, uh, uh, is there any way that's Tim Wakefield's band? Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, will, I will get the title for you. In, that would uh,
1: just be two. so magnificent if it was Tim Wakefield's band. And that's Tim Wakefield singing Knuckleball.
0: Does he have a uh, He, he the artist is The artist is Max James, and the album is called My Chevrolet.
2: With.
1: Of course it is.
2: <laughs>
1: Max, if you're out there, great work, man.
2: That is great, though. It's a great That's song.
1: magnificent. It just sums up a knuckleballer. It's just so lazy and just, but it gets you. As soon
0: as I heard it, I knew you guys had to have it.
1: Next thing you know, you're swinging at it or you're singing it. It's knuckleball. You're
0: going to be singing that song for weeks.
1: Knuckleball.
0: I've been walking around the house singing it.
1: Oh, so good. Uh, R.A. Dickey. So, yeah, Cal. Um, gee whiz.
2: Well, here's the thing with R.A. Dickey, because...
1: What is the thing?
2: Apparently, what we find out today is that last week at the winter meetings in Nashville, in R.A. Dickey's hometown... Town. Uh, they didn't... Mets they, they didn't bother negotiating with him. Right. You know, he came, he came specifically to the meetings to negotiate... The Mets didn't bother negotiating with him. And then they threw out a lowball offer to him. Lowballed him. Yeah. So a Cy Young award winner, they lowballed him. Yes. So now today it comes out that the Mets have increased their offer. Can, can we, we Yeah.
1: <clears throat> can we just address the lowballing?
2: Well, here's where, here's how I'm going to address it. Oh, okay. Good. The offer that they increased it to. Sorry, Dick. He's making $5 million this year. They picked up He's under office. contract under contract. They picked up his option. Not a free agent. They offered him two, the next two years at $20 million. So $10 million a year for the next two years. A total of three years, $25 million. Okay? That's a, that's, that's a good offer. It's a I good think, offer. I think, I think it's a little undervalued. It's certainly not lowballing him. But it's a good offer. Now, Here's the deal. At the same time the Mets are negotiating with R.A. Dickey, (laughs) they are exploring the possibility of trading R.A. Dickey because trading a pitcher of his magnitude right now when his value is pretty high... At its
1: apex, you might even say. It
2: might even be at its apex. I would say that. I would say. I just did. We both did. You trade them now, you might be able to fill multiple needs, and the Mets have multiple openings on this team. You know, if you are a baseball player and you have a resume, send it to the Mets because there are some open.
1: And you play a corner outfield position.
2: There are some open positions on this team. Correct. So, why would the Mets now? Now let's 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 tie this all back up into a nice little Christmas package. Going back to Sandy Alderson, he's a smart man. We like the fact that he keeps things close to his vest. Why would Sandy Alderson throw his best offer out to R.A. Dickey right now, when at the same time he's looking into maybe trading R.A. Dickey? So now he's going to throw the best offer at Dickey. What if Dickey accepts? Well, then that's it. He's not trade talks are done. That's it. Can't move. I mean, it's, it's kind of logical when you think about it. It's, what you just laid out, it is absolutely staggering
1: for people who cover this team to not understand this. To not understand this. Because, and to take, it, to take it a step further, you know, panic at the disco in Metland, to take it a step further, because Met fans are almost as bad as Jet fans, although Jet fan on Jet fan crime is at an all-time high. Mets fans are saying, I guess this operation can't do two things at once. Well, no. That's what they're doing. That's why they can't make him their best offer. They're trying to do two things at once. And as I wrote to, I tweeted to, uh, I think it was uh, Medina. What does Medina, Randy Medina do, Cal? Which website is he?
2: Oh, he's the one, uh, the Apple.
1: He's, right, the Apple.
2: And, you know... Humorous Mets news site. Right.
1: It's supposed to be like the Onion for Mets, right. Um, And, and, you know, whatever. Everybody's doing their thing. Everybody's having a good time, Met bloggers and stuff like that. But to be as critical as he was being today, you know, it's really discouraging for the Mets to lowball um, uh, R. A. Dickey, and then ask for two of the best prospects in return in a trade doesn't make any sense. And I just wrote to him. Um, are the negotiations over? Are they over?
2: Well, it's like last week. Was it? Was it last? You back. He wrote back. No. Can we can we move on then? It was two weeks ago on this very show. That's right. That we talked about our little friend Ken Rosenthal. Right. And how. You know, the negotiations with David Wright took a, a really negative turn. What was the headline, well, Bri? The headline was, Mets
1: make Wright an offer they know he's going to refuse.
2: Right. They're really running a risk of, right. of, of running him out of town. And, and Meanwhile, do- it's a negotiation. How many
1: times do I have to quote Costanza on this show? It's a negotiation. But the fact that – the point that you brought up is so pertinent – and so, right on the nose, and right in front of these guys' faces, it's staggering to me.
2: Well, it's not, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't stagger you, because they know it. They know this very well. But the agenda is: well, we got to spin it negatively. We have to now build. The, we have to build the conflict in these negotiations because right. it's a better story.
1: It sells papers.
2: Okay, so now the and next thing
1: and generates hits.
2: The I mean, next, it's, it's unbelievable because you, you you're spot on. The next thing that happens, though, today, is the Met Holiday Party.
1: Yes. Well, this is this is where the, the story comes. This is where the story becomes LOL Mets.
2: Well, this, but this is this is what I want to touch on because it's the Met Holiday Party and John Franco is playing Santa Claus, and then R. A. Dickey and Ike Davis are the elves. And they've the elves.
1: invited R. A. Dickey to do this.
2: Right. And he accepted.
1: And this is a Met tradition. This is a huge Met tradition.
2: Not the first time that this has happened. So,
1: so and not now, the first time there's been controversy around it.
2: And so R.A. So Dickey is now playing the role of an elf. Right. At the, uh, at the Met holiday party. By the way, did you see Ruben's tweet? That they weren't really elves, they were just wearing jerseys. and?
1: I mean, seriously?
2: Yeah, it was a serious tweet, too.
1: Yeah. His, he tweeted, so R.A. Dickey and Ike Davis are supposed to be elves. We're Santa's helpers. They're elves. They're they're at a charity event. It's a Christmas charity event where John Franco is dressed up as Santa Claus and Ike Davis and Ari Dickey are elves, quote unquote, giving out gifts. And and Adam Rubin legitimately tweets, by the way, uh, they're not really dressed up as elves. They're in street clothes and jerseys. So you know that was a misnomer on the press release or whatever. Are you kidding? Are you uh... kidding? He wasn't kidding that's the I sad mean, part. It's all over a charity event I mean, so the story goes on. yeesh, I'm sorry, I just I got a little angry Beningo there, but no, I, because
2: that was because it was, it was ridiculous. It was just it was typical, I, snarky met blogger, it, right world So the story well, goes <laughs> what on. What
1: happened next is bizarre though.
2: it is. So now the media has descended upon. R.A. Dickey at this charity event and they want to know his thoughts on the Mets' recent offer.
1: And the negotiations.
2: And the negotiations. And then R.A. Dickey, he, he says he's a little discouraged by the pace of the negotiations. He would have hoped that things were done by now.
1: A little disappointed by the offer.
2: He's disappointed by the offer. He knows that it's, he knows that it's business and it's not personal, but when you're in the middle of the negotiation, it's hard not to take it personally. He said, and, and, and everything that he said was fair. Uh, yeah. He was, he, was
1: a, he was a little whiny. I don't like that he was doing that at the holiday party myself.
2: I but don't like this, it. But that, see, you, you walked right into the trap. This is what I wanted to say. <laughs> you fell for it's it. It's a trap. You, trap fell, you fell for it because the trap. All of the Met writers are there. What are the Met writers doing? They are asking R.A. Dickey. They were setting him up. Right, it but, was, of,
1: but of course they're going to do that, bro. I, I have a problem with R.A. Dickey saying, I'm at a charity event. I'm not going to talk about
2: it. He could have said that. That's right. But That's the, all I meant. That's all I meant with I, I have a no, problem
1: with Dickey airing that at a charity event.
2: And, and, and you know what? Let me back up a little bit.
1: It's banned on both accounts.
2: It's fair for you, to be, for you to have a problem with it. It is not fair for the writer who goes and asks R.A. Dickey the question to get his reaction and then rips him for reacting that way at a charity event. Right. Because he was set up by the writer. Yes. See,
1: I think it's, I think it's a bad deal with both teams. I mean, with both uh, parties here.
2: It was poor timing for that news to come out today. I
1: I can't kill the writers for asking him. I can't. I can't. That's their job. If it's a charity event or not, that's their job. They have access to R.A. Dickey right now. The Mets give them access. You no, no, no. I, I can't kill the writers there.
2: You're missing my point. Let me not missing my point. Let me clarify. Let me clarify.
1: But if if the first words out of Ari Dickey's mouth were, "Listen, guys, I'm not going to talk about it," do you think they would have stopped asking him? Of course not. Right. But I can't kill them for asking him in the first place. I can kill Ari Dickey. Not kill Ari Dickey. I think it's a bad job by Ari Dickey not to say, "Look, guys, I'm not going to talk about the contract. I understand you got to ask. We can talk about it another time. I'll make myself available next week. Whatever." That's fair. But it's a charity event. We're here for the kids. I, I'm I'm an elf for goodness sake, I'm Bilbo Baggins here. Let's just move on.
2: I I just I have a problem with the fact that so, that a writer who asked him the question right. is now going to kill him for airing his grievances yeah. at a holiday party. Yeah, there's there, there, back, back off. Just report the story.
1: Exactly, and the biggest the biggest problem here is that the Mets, and then of course they got killed all day. The Mets. See, it's unbelievable how fellow Met fans make us somehow on the side of management. In some cases, they do. They they do because it's a negotiation. There's no way that this is over. There's no way that that's their last offer to R. A. Dickey. So to 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 say that the Mets handle everything so badly and so look, their one error today was asking R.A. Dickey to do this. Should have got a different guy.
2: I, see, I don't I don't think that that was... I think the error was the news about the contract, the new contract offer coming out today. Because was, I don't think they leaked that. I, they probably didn't leak it. Somebody had to get yeah, out.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, they can't control that. R.A. Dickey was scheduled to do this, like, two weeks ago. Right. Like you, you, you have to be smarter, and you have to know your media. That they're not going to leave him alone about this, even at a charity event, and you put a different guy there. Give, give me Ruben Tejada. You know, give me a guy you know who's going to be with the Mets next year. Oh, David Wright. Uh, well, he's been doing a ton of charity stuff. Yeah. He was actually down in Sandy Hook, I think, today with the uh, first Sandy relief. Or a, or a breezy point I think or something like that. But he was he was doing Sandy. He was on Boomer Carton this he's, morning.
2: Yeah, he has been. He has been everywhere.
1: And he's been everywhere.
2: But you know, give me what there's a
1: you know Daniel Murphy's on his honeymoon apparently. Oh, did you see that? Oh, with the registry. With the registry. First of all, <laughs> this is again the guy at uh, Mets, the Apple. Randy Medina. Yeah. Have you? Oh, I stumbled across. Daniel Murphy's Registry Wedding Registry No you didn't You looked for it Please Don't tell me You stumbled across That was how he tweeted it I stumbled across Daniel Murphy's Wedding Registry No you didn't And then you proceeded To write an article About it And retweet it About 35 times Ever wonder What a Major League Baseball player Has on his registry No Never Not once I can answer That question Legitimately I have never Wondered that My answer would be Simple Kyle You ready yeah. Well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift. Maybe a, maybe a place setting. Find out where they're registered. You know? Okay, let's get two. It would be Robert Wall from Bull Durham. That would be it. <laughs> candlesticks always make a nice... Nobody can figure out what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding gift. We're dealing with a lot of poop here. Well, uh, candlesticks always make a nice gift. Maybe a place setting. Pattern. Find out where they're registered. But no, nobody cares what Daniel
2: Murphy's wedding registry said. No one cares. Uh, it's always good. It's always gotta be snarky with the Mets. And these are the bloggers now. These are the I know, I know. <laughs> now let me let, let let's get back to Dickie and, and finish up with him real yes. quick. I wanna ask because we gotta get
1: the, to and then we gotta get to the Jets and we gotta get to the Giants.
2: And then Christmas specials.
1: <clears throat> and then Manny Pacquiao getting knocked into next week.
2: <laughs>
1: and the Knicks. Like Manny Pacquiao is celebrating Christmas right now. That's how far ahead he got knocked out. He's actually he's actually opening Christmas gifts right now. Like that's how far into the future he's knocked out. Um, but it, and I had another thing on Dicky too. So go ahead and, and finish up there.
2: The last thing on Dicky, and I just want to ask you you the question: Did you just hit a cough button? I did. It was
1: magnificent. You like that? I right, well played.
2: Well, listen.
1: A tip of the cap to you, sir.
2: I am nothing if not professional this holiday season.
1: Yes. You know, Jay had a cough button all set up for you. He did?
2: Yes. Oh, I had my finger on it all night last night. You had yes. your finger on the pulse. I did. Now there's here's. Not, there's not many other things you... You put your <laughs> finger on? You can put... <laughs> that's appropriate? Yeah,
1: that's appropriate.
2: You get you your finger pulse. on the
1: pulse. You got your... You could finger uh, a criminal. No, oh, a oh. criminal. A criminal. You could. Like, Freddie got uh, fingered, like that movie. Tom Green. Oof. Never saw it. It How'd his career
2: go? Tom Green has not been heard from in quite some time. (laughs) He's
1: on the Christmas
2: special tonight. He would would certainly show up.
1: (laughs) And Tom Green. (laughs) Like
2: he's wearing nothing but a wreath. (laughs) Because he's irreverent.
1: Drew Barrymore and Tom Green. uh, By the way, Don Pardo is doing... uh, Don part is clearly doing.
2: Introducing everybody. Yeah,
1: Don part is doing our intros for our Christmas special. So with the last. Drew Carey! And the really big girl from Drew Carey's show, <laughs> Mimi! What was her name in real life, that actress?
2: I don't know. PJ knows this. Mimi was her name on the show. She was her name on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Carson Daly! <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all right Dickie We got Carson Bailey? He did. He's hosting. Well,
1: talk about a Cool.
2: I mean we're hosting, but he's he's doing the backstage. Right. Like he cut to Carson Daly. Is he past.
1: doing like a special interest stuff? Like is he doing like a do we have a clip with him doing a special interest uh
2: Yeah. He's in a soup kitchen. Working in one or actually at one? <laughs> no, he's at one. He's with the workers there. He's not right. he's not no, this is Carson Daly. Right. He made a lot of money. He does not. He does not get his hands dirty, except for the photo op. <laughs> and then that's it. Then he's out.
0: Now, listen, all right. Amy he's... was played by Kathy Kinney.
2: Kathy Kinney, yes. Kathy Kinney.
1: Kathy Kinney. The You Christmas special. <laughs> With Martha Quinn. A reunion. We'll have a reunion of 1980s MTV VJs. Mark Goodman. <laughs> JJ Jackson. <laughs> for the first time on a. St- Adam Curry. <laughs> for the first time on a stage in
2: years. TV <laughs> Hunter Fred Dreyer. Dreyer. <laughs> uh,
1: yes, all right, Dickie.
0: Works for me. Works for me. Adrian Barbeau.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: this is gonna be the greatest Christmas special in the history of the
2: world. It's long.
1: It's gonna run late.
2: Uh going over. It's like the Jerry Lewis telethon all of a it's sudden. It's like
1: a telethon. Like we're raising money now all of a sudden. What do you got? Finish up for me.
2: Do you think now everybody wants to know well,
1: if for me.
2: If every everybody wants to know if the uh the change in the in the tone of the negotiations means it's more likely that Tikey's not going to be here next year because that was that was that was the punchline of this whole thing was that if they don't extend him he's not coming he, I'm not coming back which he didn't say
1: he sort of said
2: he alluded to it but he didn't he didn't say I'm out of here you know
1: he said it would be hard to play out the option year not have an extension and come back that you would be know. hard to see
2: you know what would be hard is if all of a sudden his knuckleball doesn't work the way it's supposed to And then all of this leverage that he thinks he has is... Uh, Look, I... It's very difficult. My point is it's very difficult for a knuckleballer at the age of 38 to leave $20 million on the table. Exactly. 25 Well, he's got the 5
1: but I'm. But it's $25 million over the next three years.
2: He, he, he's... I, I think I think this is much ado about nothing. I think this is all going to work out. I think they're going to wind up trading him. So do I. That, I mean, I that,
1: think that's I think that's look. I think
2: that's what they want to do. Yeah, Brian. To me, you hit the
1: nail on the head. They're trying to trade him. If if they if the Royals would have accepted him and like a prospect and didn't want Neeson Wheeler, uh, we'd have Will Myers right now. I know. You know, but they, they wanted Neeson Wheeler and I'm not making that trade. But do you do you trade him for Olt in Texas? I, I make that trade.
2: I need more than Alt.
1: No, I Alt end.
2: I need more than Alt. They were talking about Alt and the center fielder out there.
1: And the center fielder, yeah. Give me Alt end. Schubin. I'll I'll put Alt in right and I'll put that kid in center.
2: The problem is that Olt is not an outfielder.
1: He played outfield last year though. Did he? Yes, because he was blocked by Adrian Beltre and the 19 first baseman that the by Adrian Barbeau. Adrian Barbo. Adrian Barbo. He was blocked by Beltray at third and by um uh who they have at first base?
2: Uh last year they had Michael Young yeah. at first base.
1: Right. They moved Michael Young around. But he
2: played a little first base, but he played some outfield last year. Okay. Do you trade him to Toronto for Anthony Gose and JP Aaron sebia No. Oh by himself? Or do I have to
1: go end in that trade? No, it's Dicky for those two guys. i do it in a heartbeat. You would. Absolutely. Or i trade him for D'Arnaud, straight up.
2: see. I, I would too. I don't know if the, if the Blue Jays would do nah, that. No, I don't
1: think the Blue Jays would do that either. I, the, look,
2: I, the look, the point play- play- is, uh,
1: with the holes that they have, and the money coming off the books for 2014, and the one place of strength that they have is pitching.
2: Right. This is the, he's, you deal him. But now, if the Mets are not going to get what they want for him... Well, this is the other thing that they're getting killed for, Brian, that I don't understand. If Listen, if the Mets are not going to get what they want for him, and they, and they don't feel that they're going to get the value that they need to get in a trade for R.A. Dickey, they will bump the offer up to Dickey and exactly. sign him to an extension. Exactly. Why is this difficult to understand? It's, it's not take it or leave it. Why is every every negotiation is you know final offer with the Mets? The first the first offer that the Mets make is the last offer because they're broke. Always deal or no deal. How is that right? How is that possible? That's why I
1: said to this guy at, at the Apple that w- are the negotiations over? Was that the final offer?
2: No. Well,
1: then how could how could the Mets be saying what they they made him an offer while they're trying to trade him? Don't get it. don't get it. And and. You know what? I am in. Fa- they have too many holes to fill, Brian. I'm in favor of them trading him.
2: I am. I and I am okay if they extend him, or, or if they trade him.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to be upset if they extend him. But to, my leaning is to trade him.
2: If they, if they, but I would not. I don't. I'm not going to
1: again. I'm not going to give him up for five cents on the dime. That's not okay. what I'm saying. But get get a deal that gets you a starting major league ready, you know, outfielder. You need Hester. you need one. I can get by with Josh Tolley behind the plate. Can you get me an
2: outfielder? we got plenty of outfielders. Oh,
1: Bri, but they're not good.
2: No, they're not good.
1: You can't go into next season with Mike Baxter, Kirk New and and they're not
2: going to. That's the other thing. They're not going to. Well, will start tomorrow. But then the next, but then the other piece of news that came out today is that Sandy Alderson said that the 2013 season is probably going to start with talent similar to how 2012 ended.
1: And that's not what he said.
2: But that's what that's what was reported. So now automatically, the, the team that was on the field for the last game of the season in 2012 of their fourth place, 74 win season, is now automatically the opening day lineup in 2013 when it, 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 it,
1: it, it's just so ridiculous
2: it, it's fr- it's Look. frustrating and, and 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 the biggest point of all of this is the one that you started this all off with it's December 11th
1: it's December 11th in 4 months 4 months should they be paying 60 million dollars for Ryan Ludwig i mean use your head not even use your head just use your noodle Just, no, forget about use your noodle. (laughs) Well, maybe, a little Francesa. All right? Use your noodle, okay? No, it's calm down. Where have all the rational meth? I know, look, I know the meth have
2: sacrificed any right for you to believe that they're going to do the right thing. I get that. Steve, there's no story in being rational, though. There's no be rational. But, Steve, there is no story. Nobody wants to read rational. Yeah. Nobody wants to read that. Everybody wants to get all worked up in, in, in a lather.
1: Yep. I know. I'm not going to do it. I won't do it.
2: No, me neither. I can't,
1: Pop. It took me too long to get back here. I won't.
2: And there's no need to. There's no need to.
1: I came here to play ball. Be no, rational. Man,
2: honestly, just just relax. You think think logically. This is not the final offer that is made to R.A. Dickey. Yeah, I you know. And, 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 and memo, like you said, to Dickey and to the Mets. Keep it under your hat a little bit more. Well, yeah. A little bit.
1: You yes. know, and not Actually,
2: everything. I, like, I, I, like, I appreciate Ari Dickey's forthcomingness. Yes. And,
1: his, and, and, his candor is a delight. But, dude, you're at a charity event. Just say, hey, you know what, guys? I'll talk to you about it another time. Today's not the day. Right. Let's give out some gifts to the kids. Because it's all about the, the children. And if I could just have one holiday wish this Christmas season. It would be it would be for all the children of all the world to sing, in Hong Kong. And if I could have two wishes, that's. A, speaking of great SNL,
2: that was great
1: uh, holiday ones. The Steve Martin. Right. Oh, I forgot about Revenge on all my friends, on all my enemies. They the, should. Oh, yeah. yeah the, okay. So first we got about the. Stuff kid. Kid. <laughs> so first we got the crap about the kid. Um. Okay. So Kevin Uchlys.
2: Yeah, he's a Yankee.
1: He's a Yankee. I, we uh, had our buddy Dan on the show last week. He came down to Blue Haven, sat in the chair, talked a little bit. Of, uh, great Yankee fan. This is driving him crazy. It is. Because he, hey, there he is. The cream on cream. That's got to be his new, that's got to be his new nickname. Like anytime we have him on the show, we got to have, here comes our buddy Dan. Otherwise... The cream on cream, um, but this is driving him crazy because he hates. He's been really challenged as a Yankee fan over the years, rooting for the laundry, yeah. like when they get a Clemens or a Johnny Damon. Or he's old school; like Clemens. he he enjoys the rivalries. This is driving him nuts because he would, hated Clemens.
2: I would like to know where this, you know, I would like to know where this ranks as a Yankee fan. If you were to take Clemens. Boggs, Damon, Eucalys. Right. Like how would you how would a Yankee fan I mean it's it's silly for us to even try to I think speculate, Boggs but I wonder how they would
1: I think Boggs would be way down the list and I'll tell you why. Because they had long ago. And they hadn't won yet.
0: But still The, the Red
1: way, Sox hadn't would, won yet. Yeah, but they hadn't won yet. That was like sti- and then and then the Yankees went and won for the first time in fifteen years. Right. So that was, you know, don't forget, Boggs is playing on those 80s teams with the Red Sox, and the Yankees aren't that good, and the Red Sox are good. The rivalry's not, the rivalry took a, some time off. That's true. And really rekindled in the mid to late 90s. And then, of course, the Red Sox come back in 2004 in that series, and it's epic, and then all of a sudden, Johnny Damon's a Yankee. See, I don't even think Clemens ranks that highly, because again, they hadn't won yet.
2: No, but like, like they were saying today, Clemens used to throw at the
1: Yankees. Yeah, but Clemens threw at everybody. Clemens was a mercenary jerk. We're big on the jerk store tonight. Wow. No, but Clemens, Clemens was Clemens. He was, he, he's a jerk. I almost went mad dog there. Clemens was Clemens. <laughs> he's the 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 jerk. Come on, he's Clemens. He's Kelly Clemens. <laughs> You know, like Clemens has always been a jerk. Pretty, he As Euchre once, he threw his son in a father-son game.
2: Right. You know. Well, I, I, I would, I would think Euchreless is up there.
1: I think it's Damon Euchreless, Clemens, Boggs.
2: You had a Yankee fan call up the fan today. Um, the old Steve from Bayside, the other Steve one.
1: Bayside, okay, Steve, you're on.
2: Not you. The right. Right. <laughs> It's so funny how often though, like
1: Rich will call me up and be like, our buddy Rich will be like, "Were you on the fan today?" Yeah. Because there's a Stephen Bayside who calls every day, and he's a Jets fan, is he not?
2: Uh, he's Yankee. Only does Yankees. Every day, even even if they're talking football at the time when he gets on, he talks about the Yankees. <laughs> but funny. but today his call was, Mike, what am I gonna do? What Eucalyptus is it? What? What, how can I root, what am I, that was his. what am I going to do? What am I going well, to
1: Well, you know, you're going to root for the laundry, all right?
2: Well, and that's what he said, he says, you got, you're going to get past it. You got past Clemens, you got past Boggs, okay? You know, you're going to get past it.
1: Damon, okay.
2: He makes one good play as a Yankee.
1: That's it. It's one home run to win a game as a Yankee.
2: It just, it's, but it, but it's funny how, like, it's funny how, and it's the same, uh Never mind. I'm, I'm I'm veering off into the Met Jet versus Yankee Giant area. To me, it's funny how Giant fans at eight and five in first place and heading towards the playoffs are and coming off a 52 point game against the Saints cannot say enough bad things about the Giants. Right. Cannot complain enough about them. Yankee fans who have been in the playoffs for you know 19 out of the last 20 years. What am I? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna <laughs> live with this?
1: Your big problem is that they just signed Kevin Euclid to a $12 million deal for one year right. to play third base for two months.
2: Right. Our problems are we don't have a quarterback, <laughs> and we may have just upset our Cy Young Award winner. The
1: Mets' starting outfield is Mike Baxter, Kirk Nieuwenhuis, and Lucas Duda. And your big problem is the Yankees spent $12 million on Kevin Euclid.
2: What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? It's just just say,
1: hey, these are first world problems. It's just
2: fascinating.
1: Yeah, thing. the Mets have third world sports problems. <laughs>
2: the Yankees
1: have first world sports problems. That's that's it. I mean, that's the same thing with the Giants and the Jets. Yeah, I know. These are third world sports problems. Like we're dying here. We're dying.
2: The, the Giants the, are the defending, the defending Super Bowl Super champions. <laughs>
1: They won two.
2: If I gotta watch Eli throw another pass like that, I'm gonna <laughs> kill myself.
1: Two Super Bowls in four years, <laughs> and they and they and just scored,
2: and we just scored seven points <laughs> against the Cardinals. <laughs> the Jets just eaked out a
1: victory over the Jags, the two and ten Jags. We were we were ecstatic about Mark Sanchez hitting a 37-yard pass. One pass for 37 yards. We were ecstatic.
2: The Giants don't tackle. <laughs>
1: right. Right. Eli Manning to make so many. He had four touchdowns and 450 yards passing. He's won two Super Bowl MVPs. 450 yards passing, that's Mark Sanchez's last eight
2: games.
1: (sighs) These are third-world sports problems versus first-world sports problems.
2: It's it's funny.
1: The The Mets
2: are offering their Cy Young Award winner
1: an extension of two years and $20 million. The Yankees just gave
2: Kevin Euclid $12 million for two months. Because they need someone to fill in. Fill in for a For a guy making $30 million a year. They're
1: filling for the two months is making $12 million this year. That's
2: getting up an offer of $20 million to the Cy Young winner over two years. They're going to break the bank over Scott Hairston.
0: <laughs>
2: they, might, they might not be in the budget. We can't, We can't fit Scott Harrison's eight million dollars in
1: over two years. Oh boy. Wow. Different so. just different problems, folks. Hey, Cal, we've said a million times on the show we chose this.
2: Oh yeah, no, it's This uh, is the business
1: we've chosen.
2: I'm not complaining.
1: All that said, it's a fantastic signing for the Yankees.
2: I think it's a great signing. I think fantastic he's gonna Fantastic
1: signing. He is I, a perfect perfect fit for this team right now. Perfect.
2: You know, he plays tremendous defense, which nobody nobody talks about. Right.
1: Getting rid of Swisher. Okay. I, lo- I love a, the... I, I'm sorry. He's a great locker room guy.
2: He's I love quick, the fact nasty. He, he's perfect. I love the fact he can fill in for Teixeira at first base.
1: He can DH. He can play third. He can play first. He can play the outfield if you need him to for a game or two. Yeah.
2: He's going to be on base every time you look.
1: He's 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 the Greek god of walks. He's perfect. He's perfect.
2: He's a gamer.
1: He extends the lineup.
2: He's he, probably got an axe to grind with Boston. He's
1: pissed off at the Red Sox. Like it, it 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 could not be a better signing. If I was a Yankee fan, I would hope that Arod is hurt for the whole season.
2: Forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Honestly. I hope that he does not come back from his second hip surgery and I get Euclid at third base for the whole season.
2: Got chances are he'll play third base for the whole even when Eucles comes back. Well, they'll they'll
1: he'll DH one night and Euclid will play. Yeah, right. you you I could easily see him playing 110 games at third base this year. It's a great it's a great deal. It's a fantastic sign. And 12 million for one year? You have to go long term on or anything like that? that's a good deal. Yeah. Sheesh. I know. If our infield wasn't so set, what with Ike Davis and all? I like Ike Davis. You know I like Ike Davis. But I know
2: you do. I you know.
1: I know. There's a little entitlement there you're not happy about.
2: My jury is out on the little elf.
1: He was another elf.
2: He was great today, though. He said,
1: the doctors gave me a clean bill of help. Hopefully I don't get some stupid disease again. Like the way he talks about the valley fever. I know. It's I know. so great. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm good to go, as long as I don't get some ridiculous disease that no one's ever heard of. <laughs> I have shingles, shingles.
2: Hey, can we talk about the little Christmas miracle that was dropped in our lap today? Or dropped in your lap, It's a it's a, uh,
1: it's a Christmas miracle.
2: I think it's pretty clear. I it's don't, a
1: festive I, miracle.
2: I do not think my partner here has, has hid his excitement over Mr. Braylon Edwards. And has been longing for the man to return for the last two years. That's correct. And, and many a time over the last two years, there was an appropriate opportunity. Many a time. To bring Braylon Edwards back into the fold with the Mets. But today, on December 11, 2012, Welcome back. with three games left in the 2012 go. season the New York Jets, and Steve Sampietro. Welcome back. Braylon Edwards. Yeah, it's uh, a couple things here. The
1: Jets uh, are 6-7. and seven. I uh, have uh, hated this season. Hated this team. Um, hated this season. Really, uh, several times on this show, I've given up on this team. I've wanted them to lose out. Uh, I wanted the coaching staff fired. I still want Mike Tannenbaum relieved of his duties. In a season of misery, abject misery, this has been the most difficult professional sports team I've ever had to follow for a season. And I'm a Met fan. (laughs) And an Islander fan.
2: And a Jet fan.
1: I once had... I once had the owner of my team buy the team with no money and go to jail for fraud. Okay? I know from ridiculous seasons. And this is the worst. And then today. How could you say that this is worse than 1 in 15? Because that was an awful team with a terrible coach. And it was... You knew that changes were going to be made. And they got the first pick in the draft. And them going 1 15? At the time, I didn't even, I was a senior in in college. I didn't bother watching, Cal. You didn't have to watch this team. This Jet team, I've had to watch because they were supposed to be better than this. And because the coach doesn't shut up. And because of Tim Tebow, and please, I don't, it, it was, it's far worse this year. This is the most difficult Jet team I've ever had to root for. Easily. Wow. The only guy I like on the team is a pariah. <laughs> That's not true. I mean, I like certain guys on defense or whatever. But the but the, the, the guy that I desperately want to, to be the franchise quarterback, whatever. Today, it was almost as if they sent me like a goodwill gift a gesture that was like, hey, Steve, we know, and we're sorry. Here's Braylon Edwards. Why, Bri? Because it makes the most sense to sign him. Because heaven forbid you give your starting quarterback a receiver that he has any sort of chemistry with. No, let's try to sign seven guys off the street, put them into the offense, and then ask Mark Sanchez to go win a game. We're talking your Clyde Gates, your Jason Hill, your Marty Gilliard, your Patrick Turner. Okay, so it makes sense from a football standpoint. It also is like a little like, hey, Mark, our bet. Yeah, we get it. You know, like we – yeah, we gave you the money and stuff, but then we (laughs) completely stripped down the team and you're completely devoid of talent and we're asking you to go win games. I know it's pretty funny. I know, our bet. Here's Braylon back. A week after, he rightly called the front office idiots. See, now, conspiracy theorists are actually positing, Bri, that he did this on purpose.
2: That who, that Braylon Edwards...
1: That's correct. He did it on purpose to get out of Seattle and did, go to the Jets.
2: How did that get him out of Seattle, though?
1: They cut him the next day.
2: Because he said that about the Jets? Yes.
1: And and, and apparently his knee is fine. Like apparently he's 100% healthy and ready to go. So there's the, the nice conspiracy theory there is he did. He, the Jets knew he was going to do something like that. And did you see Sanchez's comments today? I did not. I thought he was going to cry. With with tears of joy. He's like, this is great. His his quote Brian, is, "This is great. This is awesome. He can totally hit the ground running and come in. This is fantastic."
2: Well, think about it. In four years, that Sanchez has been the quarterback of this team. There's been one guy that he's had any any remote chemistry two. with. to Two. too. Well, Keller. I'm talking about the receivers. Uh, Keller, but, yes. Yes.
1: No, but the wide receivers. It's wide receivers, 31. 31. which has 31. been
2: a, a bugaboo with this team for years now. He had a little chemistry with Kautry, but, but Braylon Edwards, he, connect, he connected with Edwards. Absolutely. You know, they got each other.
1: Immediately. They traded for him in week five of 2009. And that was my other point. That's why it's a great signing, Bry. And I know, I, let's take my personal love of this guy aside. Because I do think he has some football left in him. I do think he's a you know he. I've always liked Braylon Edwards since he was at Michigan. I like I wanted the Jets to draft him when he was there, when they made that trade for him with the Browns, which I thought was one of Tannenbaum's better moves. Because in 2009 they saw what the team was and they saw they needed a receiver. Who could block? Right. Because you want to run the ball thirty or forty times a game. Braylon Edwards is one of the better blocking wide receivers in the game. So I thought that was a great move by Tannenbaum to go get him for Sanchez. And we saw, we learned this week, Bri, that they tried to trade for him in week eight. The Jets this year tried to trade for him in week eight. And Seattle wanted like a fourth round pick or a third round pick. And the Jets were like, well, that's a little ridiculous. Rightfully, thankfully.
2: Because Braylon Edwards, you know, oh,
1: thankfully, thankfully, Brian.
2: Right, and and you know, we're singing his praises.
1: I'm we not. To, I'm not singing, he's not. A, I said it today. No, not a panacea for the offense.
2: No, but I, but I'm, but I'm on the same page as you. I think, I think, and I told you this today. I think his his greatest value as a football player right now is to the Jets. Absolutely. You know, you put Braylon Edwards on any other team, he's just another receiver that's trying to make it on the that's team. Maybe the Rams
1: with Schottenheimer. That was the only other team I could see putting in a claim for
2: Maybe. And they didn't.
1: But that was the only other place I – that was the only place I was worried about today when waivers happened at 4 o'clock.
2: Yeah.
1: But – and the Jets would have got them anyway because they have a worse record. But to – to if you want to go – you have three games left. You are somehow – you have an outside shot at making the playoffs. You have to win out and then have a bunch of stuff happen, Right. We're going to be like Rex Ryan, Bri. We're not going to talk about the playoffs. We don't deserve to. That's what he said yesterday in his press conference. We're under 500. We're six. This, is, this is a quote. I'm not making this up.
2: Oh, I know. I heard it.
1: Rex Ryan said, we're under 500. We don't deserve to talk about the playoffs. Okay? So we're not in the playoff conversation. So you have three games left. You need to win them all. And you've gone back to your 2009 formula. You've had to go back to rookie Sanchez to rebuild him. Who's a better receiver?
2: And, you, and you're down to four healthy and, receivers. And you, need a, you literally need a body out there. You're down to four healthy receivers. Three of which have like
1: 11 career catches between them. Jordan White has none. Shillings has what? Less than 100, easily. Way less than 100. Shillings probably has less than 50,
2: He probably has dropped as many balls as he's caught in his life.
1: Right, and the other one's Marty Gilliard, who has four. Right. So where's the downside in bringing – and I can't believe Jet fans got on each other about this.
2: You know, a lot lot of Jet fans are not uh, on board with this.
1: Well, it's not even that they're not on board. They're killing people that are excited about it. Like fellow Jet fans like, oh, you know, what's he gonna do? Is he gonna win your Super Bowl? Well no, but he may be able to like run a route. Is it is it really that wrong to give your quarterback a player he's comfortable with? Are we are we against that? It's such you know, that's it like, coddling to give him a receiver he likes? How come Deion Branch keeps getting brought back by Tom Brady, Cal?
2: We have to talk about this on a on a future show, but it's this phenomenon of fans turning on each other jet fans you know jet fans who are happy that braylon edwards is back fans turning on on their own fans why are you happy about this and and just you know you know taking a dump all over the happiness it's the same thing with the mets people are excited to go to opening day met fans saying why are you going to spend money on this team you're 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 a jerk for spending money on this team
1: mets police calm down
2: it's just, I don't, I, it, it's a strange phenomenon that I want to get into at some point. I don't want to do it right now. Oh, but, that's
1: a future show.
2: Because there's a lot of that lately. It's,
1: it's, it's, I, it's even with the beat writers. I mean, Samini tweeted today, I don't understand Jet fans that are ecstatic at bringing back Braylon Edwards, a guy who trashed the team last week. And I wrote to him and I said, first of all, 80% of Jet fans think how he tra- ripped the team, he was right. That's first of all. Mm-hmm. The 80% of Jet fans do think Mike Tannenbaum is an idiot. Okay, and has done a bad job with the team. That's first of all. Second of all, what, is he not better than Clyde Gates, Marty Gilliard, Patrick Turner, uh, Jason Hill, and he has a rapport with Sanchez? How is all, this a bad thing?
2: All those guys that you mentioned, they're not legitimate NFL wide receivers. No.
1: And then lastly, I put, the fact that you don't understand why Jet fans like this move just goes to show how out of touch you are with the fan base of the team you cover. You have no idea what a Jet fan wants or thinks. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Look, I'm happy. I'm happy to have the guy back. I hope he has a really productive three games. I hope he can help the team in some ways, even if he plays 20 snaps. Those are 20 better snaps than I'm going to get out of Marty Gilliard. <laughs> and they have to go back to this 2009 style of play, right? They have to rely on the defense, have Sanchez play ball control, run the ball effectively, and try to win these last three games. Edwards is a better receiver to be there to do it. Because now you can play Schilling's and Edwards outside at the X and the Y. They're both very good blocking uh, wide receivers. And you can move Curly to the slot. Because Curley last week, once Stephen Hill went down, Curley had to play outside a lot. And he's not, he, he can't block from that position. He's not built for that. You know, he's a slot receiver. And last thing on Bray Bray. <laughs> I'm Bray Bray. I hope he has a productive three games. And then worst case, best case scenario, he has a pretty good three games and they sign him back for next year as wide receiver depth. Because his team is not deep at wide receiver, and they don't have a lot of money, and he's only twenty
2: nine. He's twenty nine. He's not thirty six years old. Twenty nine. No, I think he's got some. He's got some football left in him. I would say.
1: No. Talking about a former number three overall pick, would you take? Would you have taken his last year here, Cal? Two thousand and ten his last year. He was 50, 57 uh, receptions, nine hundred and fifty three yards, and nine touchdowns. Of course, you take that and two in the playoffs, and that was with San Antonio Holmes on the other side. How could you? How could you? Well, he hasn't done anything since he left. Well, he went to the 49ers and got hurt, and then he went to the Seahawks this year, coming off rehabbing an injury and never got into the rotation because they have pretty good good rotation.
2: receivers. Yes,
1: it's worth a shot.
2: Welcome back, Bray Bray.
1: Nothing wrong with it. I'm so excited.
2: I'm getting a 17 jersey. Wait, for the last three weeks. That's
1: right. Uh, Who's with me? No one's coming with you. Sir.
2: I don't think anybody is.
1: No coming one's coming. Okay. Uh, Giants. Falcons. Do we have time? Eh, it's a huge game, Bry.
2: It's a big game. I think the Falcons have got a little. Uh, they've got a little payback on their mind after last year's playoffs. They're playing in Atlanta. The Falcons are trying to fraud prove team. that they are trying desperately to prove they are not a fraud team. They're a
1: fraud team.
2: I'm not willing to say that yet, but my um, I have to see it. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy into it until I see them win a big game in the playoffs.
1: I I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say they're not gonna win a big game in the playoffs. Well, Fraud. Let's see. Erroneous.
2: You you have had an axe to grind with Matt Ryan for years. You're jealous. Because
1: I don't think I'm not jealous. That's crazy talk.
2: He's the guy that he's the guy that, that Mark Sanchez should be.
1: Oh, now we're gonna fight. Are you serious?
2: He's better than Mark Sanchez.
1: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this to you. I said it to my brother the other night. I'm gonna say it to you. Mm-hmm. You ready? Okay. Asking him never to return. <laughs> this is where I hand Calvi the pot. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I throw down the cigar butt and you pick it up and can I see one season where Mark Sanchez has commensurate talent to Roddy White, Julio Jones, Tony Gonzalez, Michael Turner, Jaquez Rogers, Matt Snelling? Can I see one year where he has commensurate talent with that? Can I see, I see one year? Before, before I'm told that Matt Ryan is so much better than him, what the... can I see one year? I think
2: he's so much better.
1: He, he, he's how is he better?
2: How is he so much better than him? I think I think that he's better. I think he's I think I think he's better equipped. I think Arkansans. he's been
1: developed better. I All don't right. think he's any better skill wise. I think he's been developed better and surrounded by better weapons. Period. And he plays on turf in a dome. I saw I saw Mark Sanchez go into Indianapolis, go into New England in the playoffs and be the better quarterback on the road in the playoffs. I saw Matt Ryan go into the giant uh, into the MetLife Stadium last year and look frightened and timid and awful awful. Now, till I see a big game out of Matt Ryan, I'm sorry. All he is 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 Mark Sanchez with better weapons. And you know what? Mark Sanchez has played bigger in big games than he has. Absolutely.
2: All right. Well, that's that's fair.
1: Played way bigger. That's fair. You ask me, see, that's why it's such a difficult question. If someone were to ask me, who would you rather have, Matt Ryan or Mark Sanchez? You think, like, the immediate answer is, well, Matt Ryan, of course. Look at the numbers he puts up and blah, 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 blah. Can you look at the situations first? Physically, they're not that different. Sorry, they're not. They're not. Matt Ryan is not some somehow supremely talented thrower of the football than Mark Sanchez is. Can I see, can I see Mark Sanchez with Julio Jones? Forget about and Roddy White. I mean, come on. Uh, th- again, we've we've said this a million times about Sanchez. Is he to blame? Yes, he has regressed. He has not risen above the lack of talent around him, and maybe he doesn't have that gene. And now he's tentative, he makes mistakes, he makes rookie mistakes because he's tentative, and, they have, and, and, and he has taken a step back, and his body language and his demeanor suffers when he plays badly. Okay? I'm not going to say any of that's not true. But to ignore how poorly he's been developed, and how they have stripped him of talent around him, is, is, is ignoring a, a crucial fact to the guy's development. You know, Trent Dilfer said it years ago on uh, the podcast with Simmons, Bri, and I thought it was one of the smartest things. You know, Trent Dilfer's great, I think. I think Trent Dilfer does a fantastic job, and he said he was talking about Sanchez and Ryan and Joe Flacco and these young and, and Josh Freeman, talking about these quarterbacks and saying so much of it is where you get drafted to and where you go. And if they develop weapons around you.
2: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: Not everybody is Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton Manning's a once in a... You know, could you make the argument that they've surrounded Eli Manning with a lot of talent? Yeah, they have. Also, Eli Manning has stepped up and made the talent around him better. Sure. But not everybody's Peyton Manning. Put some talent around these guys. Look what they did with... We talked about it last week, Bri. Look what they did with RG3. You know, they went and got him like a Pierre Garçon. They went and drafted Alfred Morris. They got him a strong running game. You know, like, they, they, they are trying to build around him. Right. They kept Santana Moss. Right. They kept a veteran receiver for him there. It's about it's about developing, you know, again, Mark Sanchez has regressed, but they have done him no favors. He's the worst quarterback coach in the league. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. I, again, I, I, I'm particularly hard on Matt Ryan, and if he wins a playoff game and plays great, he'll shut me up. But he'll, let's, he'll let's, absolutely shut me up. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he's extraordinarily concerned about what he I is,
2: think. Oh, he's got—he's got pictures of you in his in his <laughs> locker.
1: Is he doing the crumple up like the Rocky thing? Like there's a the picture of me up, and then yeah,
2: he's not when he plays
1: well, he's gonna crumple it up and throw it down.
2: Right. He's got a you're, you're his little motivator. <Sing> <Sing>
1: Drago! He gets to the top of uh, the, coll- the, the the dome. The steps. Georgia Dome. The Georgia Dome steps. Uh, there it is. We still had it. Good job, Peach.
0: Nice.
1: He gets to the top of the Georgia Dome steps and screams, "Sai! Peach!" <laughs> he shakes his fist angrily. He shakes his fist angrily. All right. He stinks. All right, stink.
2: all right. All right. He's
1: like, he's like Charles Bronson in any movie. He stinks. Making me stink. I told you that, right? The old Charles Bronson story. Yes. <laughs> we were all convinced that our first acting job was going to be with Charles Bronson. And we were going to have to like, <laughs> like, he's terrible. He's a terrible actor. And just like, we were going to have to be the people to like, call like cut. He stinks. He's, I'm I'm sorry. Like, looking around at the rest of the crew. Like, he's he's making me stink.
2: Like, I can't... Like, why isn't anybody getting this? Why isn't anybody... He, why, why is he, is he, he stinks. He's terrible.
1: This is Charles Bronson. <laughs> He'll be on the RTU special. The Christmas special. He and will. Charles Bronson. This is Charles Bronson. For RTU. Sport. I don't know why he's in a...
2: Uh, Why'd you make him a robot?
1: Yeah, or a, in a Japanese uh, subtitled movie.
2: The Charles Bronson bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Knuckleball. Oh boy. Uh okay. So Giants, Falcons, I'm looking forward to that game.
2: It's gonna be a good game.
1: It is. The Giants can really stranglehold here.
2: They are the but but game. you know the, the Redskins and the Cowboys are right on their heels. They're right there. I mean they're a game behind.
1: Yeah. Three games left. This is stranglehold time, though, for the Giants.
2: Giants still have to play Atlanta. They still have to play the Ravens. Yep. They still have to play the Eagles.
1: And the Giants' last three games are not easy.
2: It's not easy.
1: You know, one slip-up. Because that Eagle game is at home, though, right? I think the Giants are home for that Eagle game.
2: I think I think you're right about that.
1: I think they finished the season at home. But still, the Eagles are never an easy win. No. Nope. Yep. All right, it's time for the fun load. Let's do this. Let's do this. Play the fun load music, Peach. No, seriously, play the fun. No, really, play the. F- well, no, seriously, play the. Ah.
0: Oh, guys. oh,
1: I love this. Uh, see, I listen to this soundtrack though, like during the year. Yeah. I love, I love, love, love this music. By the way, you know, you know how much this is costing us. Like every second of this is costing. No, us. it's Stop. a
2: piece. PJ's playing this right now. <laughs> Shotgun! This is a performance I did.
0: The Ready to Unload Band. <laughs> Just sitting there, you know, fooling around a little
2: bit, messing around With on the piano. Bishop PJ. If
0: I could play that well, oh man, I would not talk to you guys.
1: New no. no. negatory. No.
0: No, there'd be I no had reason. No to. time.
1: <laughs> the meter's running on you, people. <laughs> <laughs> can, he, uh,
0: can you can you just tell Cal me that story please
1: that's PJ's, Cal that's one of PJ's greatest lines what oh gosh I, I don't remember the setup but it was
0: we had to pick up friends in front of the strip building
1: <laughs> that's right we had to pick up friends like downtown or something and, and it was some friends were, and they were just being ultimate pains in the ass like pains in the ass and PJ's a He's not difficult to be friends with, but at all. But I feel like you almost feel like you're in a club. You know, like you never know. You may, you may do something wrong. You just don't know.
0: And suddenly PJ stops calling you.
1: Right. <laughs> suddenly you're out. And they they like called downstairs like we were waiting for them or something.
0: Oh, I think yeah. I think it was like they couldn't come down cuz they were like they needed to stop in at like an office party to say hi. Right. And then we had to take them somewhere and like buy them dinner. I mean, it was like-
1: <laughs> That's right. It was like a really like friends that were like really leaning on PJ and like making gross assumptions about our friendship. <laughs> and- And he, and, he, and PJ just looks at me and goes, oh, man, the meter is so running on these people. <laughs> man, the meter is running. And I just took that as the greatest, like, the friendship meter? He's like, that's correct. The friendship meter <laughs> is so, so running on these people. <laughs> We're just, it's just, it's going to get ugly soon. They're going to be – they're going to they're, they're gonna be – my cousin uh, recently this week, she doesn't like to talk on the phone, but we had like a really good phone conversation. She said, you know, Stephen, I got to say, I usually don't like to talk on the phone. Usually I have an egg timer. <laughs> when the egg timer goes off, she's like, I can't even lie to people that I don't want to talk. I'm just like, uh, I could say that I have something to do right now, but I don't. I'm going to go watch TV. I just, I just don't feel like talking to you anymore. The meter is running on these people, PJ. Oh, uh, so, uh, give us the fun load. What happened? <laughs> no, I just
0: wanted to ask you guys about the, I mean, the ultimate staple of Christmas for anyone our age is, is the TV Christmas special. It is. And I'm looking at some that now my kids are finding, and some of them are Awesome? Awesome. Awesome! Oh, some of them are awful. I mean, some, some of them are just <laughs> yes. just awful toy commercials that are shrill and terrible, and you know they're just there to fill the time. Um, but have uh, have you seen one called Prep and Landing?
2: What no? Prep and Landing.
0: Prep and Landing. No. It, it's about the elves that get to your house right before Santa Claus gets there. And their job is prep and And landing. landing. (laughs) They set up your house so that Santa can land. Wow. It's awesome. It's voiced by, like, Dave Foley and maybe Seth Rogen or Sarah Chalky's in it, too. Aw,
1: Sarah Chalky.
0: Yeah, she's great. (laughs)
1: I have a I have a little thing for her.
0: Oh, please, we share the thing.
1: Yeah, from the Scrubs oh, yeah. days, I have a thing. I do. I'll but admit she it. Needs to
0: dress him properly.
1: Yeah, she she needs to be dressed. <laughs> she does need to be dressed properly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that sounds that sounds fantastic. Look, I I'm a classics guy. Obviously.
0: Well, for um, instance, if if you're, you're going a to a the cabinet. For
1: Wesley, what are you going to fill it with? It's already being filled. Um, here's, here's here's It's funny you should bring this up, because here's one I saw the other day. So now we've had him on a steady diet of Charlie Brown Christmas um, since he was brand new. Like, his the Lucy and Linus song, he loves. Like, that's yeah. the first song he, like, ever danced to. Like, he just loves the Charlie Brown Christmas. We can watch it over and over. And the beauty part is, for me, it's my favorite Christmas special so I can watch it over and over again. There's some... On the DVD, though, there's some, like, weird, bad Charlie Brown Christmas specials after
0: it. Yes, I've seen those. Yep.
1: Heavy peppermint patty action. Not good. Not good. Too much peppermint patty is not a good thing. No. Let's be
2: honest. I think the term small doses were, was invented for her. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> the whole her and Marcy storyline, not not good. No. So... Uh, he just got one for uh, uh, for his birthday. That is Frosty, which I've never been a fan of. I'll be honest, uh, but it's a retelling with Burt Reynolds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it sounds dirty. Wait a minute. So I so
1: I popped this one in the other day <laughs> in the DVR. On Sunday and even my 2 year old's looking at it like this is suspect. What is what? Burt Reynolds? What's happening?
2: <laughs> was it live action Burt Reynolds or was it like just no. the voice of Burt Reynolds? It's
1: it's it's Burt Reynolds in cartoon form.
2: Oh, cartoon?
1: Form. Ish or whatever. I don't it's bad.
2: Was he wearing Are a leather jumping jacket on the gun? <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm a snowman. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's uh, this Frosty guy. What kind of cars do you drive? Oh,
2: he's got he's got
1: a carrot for
2: nose. Yeah, it's
1: it's carrot it's it's corn you cob- Get it? Corn, it's corn it. cob. It's get you it? Like me? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a corn cob pipe. Get it? Uh, it's it's awful. It's awful. And every once it like, and I couldn't follow the storyline. It was about a magician or whatever. Like, and then Frosty's voice is like. Uh, it was somebody, but it was the guy trying to do the old Frosty.
2: Tom Deluise. Oh, it, was,
0: it wasn't. Was it John Goodman? Because no, John Goodman it,
1: had did it once. No, I think they. I think they spent the entire budget on Burt Reynolds. <laughs> I think. I think the rest of the voiceover talent uh, is, was was probably brought in on a shoestring after they they sort of shot their their budget wad on Burt Reynolds.
0: We got. Bert Happy from. birthday
1: day <laughs> like like that's what it like you could have done it
0: right
2: i don't want to go in there i'll get oh, all wishy-washy so
1: i'm not a frosty guy no uh, no, no can do no sir cal no. What, what's your favorite
2: the, oh by far rudolph
1: i'm a big rudolph rudolph's a close second i love rudolph
2: with the with the island and the mr toys,
1: island is for toys.
2: Like you, the toys are great but rudolph's
0: dad is a big d
1: He's a D he really
0: is.
1: Oh, we talked about and so is Santa, by the way.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Santa's we used to joke about it all the time. Like Santa's a jerk in that.
2: But he gets right. and he gets off on it too. Like <laughs> Right.
1: Too bad. He had such a good takeoff too. Like, wow, who brought the jerk? Who brought
0: the jerk? And then,
1: like when the elves Come on, Rodolph,
0: don't be a Mary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like when the elves sing the song from, eh, needs work. Right. Wow. You D bag. Why is Santa being such a D bag? <laughs> eh, needs work. I know, Mama, but how can I, with this elves singing? <laughs> got them the boot. Uh, like, <laughs> I'm surprised, like, Santa's not beeped out. <laughs> they won't stop boot uh, and singing. <laughs> That Infernal Elf song. Dude, you're Santa. Too bad. It's such a good takeoff, too. Might as well put him down. Right. Santa, put the shotgun. What are you doing? And his father is, yeah, there's there's a lot of debaggery going on. We still use the, uh, we still literally use several lines from Rudolph the the nothing awkward about Rudolph uh herbie the elf uh Hermie the elf and uh Cornelia you Cornelia all
2: sleeping in the same bed <laughs> that's fine, nothing awkward about that uh, they just keep it warm
1: and then and then the great line we leave in the morning together <laughs> it's all settled. We leave in the morning
2: together
1: and then uh my other favorite line is uh Burl lives as uh, the snowman.
2: Right, Sam.
1: Sam the snowman. Ooh, tell me when it's over. <laughs> <laughs> me be ah. Kevin, oh, me, uh,
0: Burl me, is awesome in that.
1: Yeah, me and my buddy Kevin and I used to do that for, like, sporting events. Like, like a guy <laughs> would hit, like, a three-run home run. Like, or, like, bases loaded. Like, Doc would get in a bases loaded jam. Yeah. Tell me when it's over. We have uh, we have sixty seconds left in the live show, everybody. So uh, special thanks to Blue Haven, of course, our sponsor. Um, Definitely check out the podcast on iTunes. Please go to www.rtusports.com to check out the podcast and subscribe. Please subscribe, Um, and uh, we will see you next week, hopefully live for uh, yet another holiday show. We're going to milk the crap out of the holidays.
2: Um, The holidays are all about entering
0: David Cassidy.
2: <laughs> so uh,
1: thanks to everybody who's listening live, and uh, get the fun load here. We'll see you next week um, uh, for another RTU. Thanks, guys, and
2: we are into overtime. Okay, good. I, I, yeah, I was hoping I could I could get to this now. Right. What <laughs> got? I, I wanted everybody to be gone. No, I'm just kidding. The, right. uh, a Christmas story. Where do you guys stand on that? I feel. I'm gonna give you my opinion and then I wanna hear yours. <laughs> Actually I'm just gonna give you my opinion and then we're gonna move on because I don't care <laughs> about yours.
0: <laughs> what do you guys think of this dress? I think it looks great on me.
2: <laughs> but enough about me.
1: Enough about me. How's my ass? Right.
2: What do you think about me? No, I I feel like there is too much of an effort trying to be made to make this into like a classic Christmas movie. I feel like it's forced. It was a good movie, and I always enjoyed watching it when it came on, but I feel like they're trying to force it as a holiday tradition right now. Your thoughts.
1: Peach, go ahead.
0: The nostalgia was built in because it was a period movie.
1: Yes. Good point. That's,
0: that's um, a great point. So our folks grabbed onto it at a different level than we did at first. And then and then we kind of came along.
1: I saw that. See, that, that movie always has it well before it was on, you know, the 24 Hours of Christmas Story and stuff like that. That movie will always have a very special place in my heart because of the way I saw it. I saw it, and you were probably there too, Cal. I'm thinking, maybe. Mike Pernicone. His birthday party... His birthday was at the end of November.
2: I would not have been there.
1: And his mom rented the RKO theater for his birthday party to watch Christmas Story. Wow. And that was his birthday party. And then we we went like to eat or something like that. Like to ground round maybe after that to eat. Yeah. Um and so watching that movie sitting next to Charlie Titone good old Charlie, Charlie Titone. And getting, being the sort of fat kid and getting, Charlie Titone and I got the biggest popcorn you've ever seen in your life. Like literally like when you ordered it, I hate using literally, but it's it's appropriate here. (laughs) Literally. It was the kind, it was the size of popcorn where they give you the look. Because we could get anything we wanted. It was, it was, a birthday party. Right. We were the only people in the theater, so we could, it was all paid for. So we could get anything we wanted, so we were like, yes, we'll take the extra large popcorn. And it was bigger than a bucket.
2: It, it was, comes in like a shopping bag.
1: It was like a shopping bag. It literally What again, I used it again. It was like a brown bag from Wall Bombs. Figuratively. Right. And I, of course, Charlie Titone and I just destroyed this bag. And were made fun of for eating the entirety of the big bag. Ruined. Uh, but that movie, I, I the minute I saw that movie, I loved that movie. Loved it. I owned it on VHS. I watched it every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Love. I that. have a
0: Christmas ornament, a tree ornament of the leg lamp. Of the leg lamp, yeah. That's great.
1: And, and that's another movie that I don't even consider the 24 hours of... I agree with you, Kat. And there's a Broadway musical now. Yes, that a friend of mine is actually a producer of, um, and good for him. It's it's doing really well, and I'm sure it's great. I don't even take into account the 24 hours of, because there's so many lines in that movie that are still some of my favorite. They're just great lines, you know. Because and I but read the book. To, I read to you know, Cal. To Cal's point, though, is it being forced? I think it is.
2: I feel like it is, it right? Is, yeah, it I is think, being forced.
1: I'm 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 saying personally, I'm ignoring it. Like it will always hold that place in my heart and I just ignore okay. the forcing. I rise
0: above it. You rise above
1: it. i rise above it. It does bother me. No, but I'll watch it once a Christmas season and then I'll move on. Okay. <laughs> and I read the I remember reading the book when I was a kid, in God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. And that Christmas by Gene Shepherd. And Christmas Story is a story within that book.
2: Right.
1: It's one of the chapters in that book. And he narrates it. He
2: narrates the movie.
1: Yeah. Yes. Steve and it's just the narration is perfect. And the narration is brilliant. And of course the cast is I mean you can't beat Darren McGavin. You just can't beat Darren McGavin as the father. Can't. Uh, he's perfect. Yeah. Not a finger The old man stammered, looking for the clencher. <laughs> All he got out was Not a finger. Just so good. So good. It was good. Let me. Uh, that I first of all, I have two Wikipedia pages open right now because I did a little research. One of them is the list of United States Christmas television episodes, and the other one's uh, a list of television-related series for Christmas. And I was just going ah. through some of these guys; they are just so good, like <laughs> like a Kojak Christmas. Yep.
0: <laughs> Who loves you, baby?
1: Here's here's a couple of the drama ones. I think you guys will like this. First, first of all, Cal, The Mentalist.
2: Uh, it's the Christmas special.
1: Jolly was well, their Christmas episode, Jolly Red Elf, from 2010. Because it has the it has the show and then the name of the show. Okay. In the heat of the night, blessings.
2: Ah,
0: Kojak. Ready? You
1: can't. Kojak, the name of the Christmas episode from Kojak in 1975 was, How Cruel the Frost, How Bright the Stars.
0: (laughs) They were taking themselves plenty serious back then.
1: Uh, Simon and Simon, 1984. Yes, Virginia, there is a Liberace. Well, they were not taking themselves seriously back
0: then. T.J. Hooker, 1983.
1: Sleigh ride, S L A Y. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the Untouchables, 1962. The night they shot Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Vegas, 1980. <laughs> Christmas
2: Story. Of course. And Spencer for Hire, <laughs> 1986. The hopes and fears. That Bob Urich was a big Christmas guy. Big Christmas guy. Yeah.
1: So those are some of your drama uh, drama ones. There's a there's a bunch of really other good ones. Uh, every but,
0: sitcom that it ever, ever rolled. That's the yes. I'm, They're I'm, I'm all multiple. terrible. They're all They're terrible.
1: Well, no, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Come on. Give me your favorite sitcom episode.
0: If you bring up Family Ties, I'm walking. I'm telling
1: you right now. You're hanging up the phone? That's it. I love the Family Ties one. I love it. Sorry. I love it. Uh, they, well, they did. They always used to do the video retrospective ones. Or they did the Alex was Scrooge. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was e- so easy for the Alex, Alex was Scrooge one. I think I like the Friends one.
2: I feel like Growing Pains had a good one.
1: Well, isn't that where they introduced... DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Yeah, so it had to be good.
2: It was classic.
0: Can I bring up a forgotten gem, please? Mister Magoo's Christmas Special.
2: Oh boy! Wow.
0: That that thing is tremendous. Tremendous.
2: Mister. Unbelievable. Is it? Is, is Jim? Does Jim Backus have like a top five voice ever like in, the <laughs> history, in the history of show business?
1: He's got to. He's got to. He's Mr. Magoo, he's the professor.
2: Thurston I mean, Howell. Uh, he's
1: uh Thurston Howell the 3rd, right? He's something else too. He's yeah, he did a lot of voiceover work. I uh I also brought up a lot of the TV specials here.
2: Like Perry Como Christmas in Ireland,
1: Perry Como Christmas in New Pumbella. York. Perry Como Christmas show, Christmas in Mexico, Christmas in uh, Christmas in Austria, Christmas in New Mexico. He went everywhere. Christmas in the so Holy Land. Yeah,
0: Perry Como out a way to Christmas. get his vacations paid for. baby. <laughs> from Perry Como Christmas. Christmas at Sandals.
1: Listen to these. <laughs> <laughs> listen to these numbers from seventy nine to eighty five, like the, or eighty six. These look at the numbers he puts up here. Seventy seventy nine to eighty six. Perry Como, Christmas in New Mexico, Christmas in the Holy Land, French Canadian Christmas, Christmas in Paris, Christmas in New York, Christmas in London, Christmas in Hawaii, Christmas in San Antonio. I mean, what a run. Like he goes on a crazy run there. <laughs> Christmas from
2: sand, Christmas from Club Med. He's right. got he's got the Guinness Book of World Records most frequent flyer miles, I think. Right. <laughs> yes, Mr. Como, where would you like to go this year? <laughs>
1: There's a uh, special I saw here. Uh, I'm wondering if either of you guys saw it, and it reminds me of another Christmas special that I only saw once—the only time it was ever on. But there's a He-Man and She-Ra, a Christmas special, 1985.
2: I missed that one. Now. I do not. I don't remember that one. I would pay. I would. I would probably pay forty or fifty dollars to have
1: a tape of that. I probably. I'm. I'm uh, to have. To have that DVD, I'm going to go ahead and put that in my price at forty or fifty dollars there. Wow, I think that's fair.
0: Wow. I don't think you can put a price a on lot of that
1: And which brings me to, please tell me you guys saw this, the Chewbacca Star Wars Christmas special.
0: Oh, you couldn't keep me
2: away.
1: The Wookie Christmas special.
2: I remember it vaguely.
1: It was not cartoon.
2: No. Each.
1: It was live it was, action.
0: It was live action and featured uh, some cast members and like B. Arthur and other people.
1: B. Arthur was not in it. Stop. The
0: Star Wars Christmas special. Absolutely, B. Arthur was in it.
1: All right, shut up now. Now, now we gotta look this up.
0: Go ahead, jump on it. You got better internet than I do.
1: <laughs> the Star Wars, but it's it was the
0: Wookies.
2: <laughs> Who brings a Wookie to Christmas?
0: <laughs>
1: the author.
2: That was a horrible B. Arthur.
1: <laughs> okay, there's the Star Wars holiday special from 1978.
0: That's the one I'm talking about.
1: Chewie and Han Solo are trying to get home to Chewie's family so they can celebrate Life Day. No, this I... is really happening.
2: Oh my god. And people complained about Jar Jar Binks. Okay.
1: Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, James L. Jones, B. Arthur. Thank you. Holy cow. Art Carney. Sure. Diane Carroll. Harvey Corman.
0: Dude, it was great. I don't understand why they buried that one.
1: This oh, is the I, campiest. And I, and I, and I, I guarantee you I saw it the night it was on. I was four years old.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Think about it. Dude, it was shot under fluorescent lights. Think about the way it looked.
1: Yes, I can see. I can see scenes from it. Yeah. Oh, my. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so, guys, storyline here. Oh, this is magnificent. Please, somebody get this. Please. <laughs> it is Life Day, a holiday that is celebrated on Chewbacca's home planet of Kaishik. Chewie and Han Solo are trying to get to the planet where Chewie's family is waiting for him, but the Empire is searching out for, searching for the Rebels. Giving everyone a hard time. Who wrote this, this
2: storyline? Like a 12-year-old? Giving everyone a hard time?
1: I mean, they, they really were giving them the business. Right.
2: They were really busting his chops. <laughs> they were busting the rebels' chops.
1: shouldn't while have are, done that. While we are waiting, we get a look at the everyday life of a Wookiee family. We meet all the familiar characters from Star Wars, and we are introduced to Boba Fett during a small cartoon. We also pay a visit to the cantina and meet all the monsters again. Written by an eight-year-old. <laughs> that, this is, I, wow. I'm so glad you guys remember this and I didn't, I didn't imagine it. It's on YouTube. So in its entirety? I Don't, tease, so. me. Don't yeah, tease me. Don't tease me, Brian. Yeah, no,
0: I, yeah, I think you can definitely see parts of it on YouTube. No, it looks like the whole I, thing I is mean, there. Right after, right after Star Wars, Lucas was kind of playing fast and loose.
1: With the cache.
0: A little bit. No, 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 with the characters and stuff.
1: Right, because the the marketing and stuff must have overwhelmed him.
0: He did not lock it all down. As a matter of fact, if you ever watched the really short-lived Richard Pryor show.
1: Right, which is obviously famous for its who were the writers and being ahead of its time and that whole thing.
0: and Yeah, and then it was yanked after four episodes. Right. Um, He's got a bar sketch. With all of the creatures from the cantina. Wow. On the Richard Pryor show where he's doing, you know, ghetto ghetto jokes and space
1: jokes. That's tremendous.
0: It's great. And, you're, and you look at it, you're like, it, one year later could have never happened. Only in this brief, brief time.
1: <laughs> right. Where he was still open to it. Right. <laughs> before he realized they, they were actually going to give him money to make a second one.
0: Now, did KISS ever have a Christmas special, or is that just like Legend or something they talk about on Family Guy?
1: Well, KISS has uh, the, obviously KISS has the famous, you know, night at the – what is it? Uh,
0: the Phantom of the Park.
1: Phantom of the Park.
0: But did, did they – they had some kind of special with, like, Paul Lind. I don't remember if it was Christmas or not.
1: Uh, <laughs> Paul Lind and KISS. Paul
0: – Paul and Kiss, Be author in Star Wars, it all goes together.
1: Was there ever a Kiss Saves Christmas cartoon special made for Christmas? There's a lot of Christmas in there. Was there? Yes, indeed. This cartoon was released in 1979, a story where Rocker's Kiss saves Santa Claus from pterodactyls.
0: Who are you talking to?
1: <laughs> and you have your answer. There's your answer.
0: <laughs> Who did you ask that to?
1: Like, Did you, did you expect any other answer? <laughs> like, of course, kiss saved Santa Claus from pterodactyls. Of course,
0: I kind of love that. I think.
1: Of course, oh. they did. Um, Peach, we're, really we're no gonna movie. we're gonna we're gonna end soon. But did you did you want to stay on the Christmas topic, or did you want to get in your Manny Pacquiao? No, no,
2: no. I was what? just shocked at the knockout. That's all. That's.
1: Yeah, I think we like all. I think we all. Did you watch it at all, Cal? Did
2: you? I, did, see, I only. You know, I only saw the highlight, the one minute uh, highlight. I saw the shot that he took. I mean, man, wow!
1: Yeah, wow. I didn't see it live. Obviously, I saw the highlights as well, and you just don't expect Manny Pacquiao to have that happen.
0: No, fell down like a sack of potatoes.
1: I mean, just at, some of the some of the memes are fantastic. It is like like him down at the Last Supper, him down like just some of the memes are just so. Is that, is that how you say that? Memes or memes? Memes,
2: memes. Is it memes? Yeah. Memes.
1: Don't I feel like the ass?
2: Why? From the from the theory of memetics.
1: Please explain. Which,
0: which the younger kids don't know about, they just go <laughs> meme. You don't know what it is.
1: <laughs> well, I... uh, how about this older kid saying, <laughs> "I don't know what it is."
0: No, it's a meme.
1: Right, but what is the, the theory of mimetics?
0: Stop it! You, you, we're ending the show.
1: What? <laughs> you can't do that to me. Just like that? Now I'm the idiot. No,
0: no, 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 no! I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm not saying I. I don't. I'm not going to talk about something very dry. It's dry. Ready to
1: unload with Cal and the idiot.
0: <laughs>
1: Join us next week. We're ready to unload with, with Cal and the not so bright guy.
0: Danny it's Balanucci. a meme.
1: It's a mem. <laughs> I love those mems. Um, uh, all right, so Pacquiao got knocked out. I, uh, yeah, uh, did not see that coming.
2: No, it was crazy. But you know, it, it, it did get me thinking. And this is another show, also. I'm, I, you know what? I am setting up season four right now. You really are. <laughs> you know, we have plenty of material next year. You're, you're killing it. No, but one of the things I, it made me think about was how much I used to really like boxing. Really, I used to love boxing in the eighties. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. My, my dad was a big fight fan.
1: Right. My piano
0: teacher got me into boxing. That's a true story.
2: Really? <laughs> yeah. You still love boxing, and and I and I've completely gotten away from it. Like I, you know, I haven't watched a fight in years, and I feel like I wish I had seen. This Pacquiao fight because it was kind of like a, a throwback fight to the, the fights that we used to watch years ago where there was just so much action and you know, these two guys have have such a have such a relationship with each other, they fought each other four times. Right. You know. Um and that's 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 for another day though. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a
1: that's a very interesting like some you know, when football's down a little bit we'll never see hockey again. So uh right. maybe we'll have that conversation. And then of course P J We can do this next week, but you wanted to talk about tragedy in sports, which would be, you know, great to end on. (laughs) (laughs) Good night, everybody. Way to end end the Christmas special. The Christmas
0: special. Hey, I got one last thing. Has there ever been a Christmas special that was sports figure heavy? I don't know about it.
1: Well, other than the Bob Hope Christmas specials. Then they used oh, to do. Oh, he these,
2: would just have walk-ons.
1: No, well, of, he, like the Heisman
2: Trophy winner always.
1: He'd have the All-Americans. He'd do the whole oh, All-American right. team. Oh,
2: right, right. right, They'd come out
0: and they'd say their names and whatever.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah, no, that, right. that's that's a big tie-in. I was trying to think of that today so too. What, like, like the
0: Chicago Bears never like did it.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it wasn't like the Jim McMahon. Well, that's what special. I was.
1: I, I was thinking for the RTU, you know, Christmas special. Like we were doing all the saying all the names, but the Don Part or whatever, I started to think in the back of my head, and I, I couldn't come up with, like, the perfect athlete to say that would, you know, be one of the guests, like, you know.
2: Right. Like, right now, well, Manny Pacquiao. <laughs>
1: right.
2: Right, but I was There's thinking, more, <laughs> right, I was
1: thinking more of, like, a classic, like, Mike Jorgensen. <laughs> you know, like, a ridiculously obscure Met that only we would kill uh, Ron Hodges. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Junior Ortiz, right, which would be a huge draw for us. Johnny really? Lamb
1: Jones, Adrian Barbo. <laughs> <And> Adrian Barbone.
0: <laughs> That's all she did for like ten years was Christmas special. and, Mar- and
2: Marilyn. <laughs> <was> Two.
0: <laughs> Marilyn. Mc- <laughs> That's
2: all they did. <laughs>
0: Kim Fields. David Spade
2: and Murray <laughs> The cast of Broadway's hairspray
0: Michael Chang Michael Chang <laughs> Oh we enjoy ourselves.
2: <laughs> oh you can go on all night with this. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Alright, let's end it. Mark
0: Spitz <laughs> the
1: Olympian Mark Spitz
0: <laughs>
1: Uh Time Daddy <laughs> The
2: RTU Christmas Special It may be Oh chock full of, of yeah. superstars.
1: I'm not sure if it's Night of a Hundred Stars or the RTU Christmas Special
0: <laughs> It was Simmons
1: Trent Tucker, <laughs> comedian Bob Nelson.
0: <laughs>
1: I was I was just oh. to come up with a magician, but I couldn't think of one quick enough.
2: <laughs> TV <Jean> Gene <laughs> Shalit. TV <Jean> Gene <laughs> Shalit.
1: <laughs> Doug Henning.
2: <laughs> Relationship <laughs> expert Dr. Joyce <George>
0: Brothers, <laughs> George Kennedy, <laughs> PJ, Final the Final Element. Okay. Your kids, are they sweet? Do they bring you joy? Do they know right from wrong? Are they becoming well behaved? ethical members of society sure they are so spoil them get them a lot of presents i believe strongly in this it's your one time a year lay it all out let them have what they want that's all
1: wow all right cal final of
2: we got another little uh, early christmas present this evening the creator of Arrested Development, Mitch Hurwitz, Mitchell Hurwitz, has announced that he's shot more material than will be allowed in the 10 episodes. He has now upped it. They're going to release 12 to 15 episodes oh. of the new Arrested Development, so this is actually happening.
1: Braylon Edwards and Arrested Development in one day. I'm, I'm beside myself with joy. My final unload is uh, just a quick note to all Mets fans. Hey, calm down. Can you calm down? Please, guys, you're ruining things. It's bad enough that our ownership is our ownership and they're not going anywhere. But they did just shell out $138 million to keep the guy in. Just calm down. Really. If they trade R.A. Dickey, it's not like trading Tom Seaver. Stop. Calm down. Really, just Dad and I miss hockey a lot. All right. We'll see you next week. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Good night.
0: Norman fell. (laughs)